Alright guys, we are back. This is the AMX Superstores Promax Review Show coming to you after QMP Queensland Moto Park round number seven. And we have a great show lineup tonight. First off, Brett Metcalf, B Medi24, the legend that is Medi, is going to check in after his uh, four five for fourth overall moto scores at QMP. He's going to give us a rundown on uh, everything that led into that and his resurgence later this season. We've also got Reed Taylor, the privateer out of Coffs Harbour, killing it in MX2, top five in Moto1. Um, Reed's going to call in and give us an update on his year and his program, and um, he's got a lot of interesting stories getting to, to where he's at. So that's going to be cool to check in with Reed. And also Darnell Official. Uh, we went a little old school tonight. The show went long, but if you want a funny 20 minutes at the end of the show, Darnell uh, definitely adds some humor to it. And then, of course, uh, Zane Dunlop, 11th career best uh, in MX1, came in to co-host. So good lineup of guests and co-hosts. And, of course, we have to thank AMX Superstores. They are the nation's leading motorcycle retail specialist with over 30 stores nationwide now, from WA to SA all the way up the East Coast. When we started this sponsor read at the start of the year, I was doing 20 stores nationwide. Now it's 30. They're opening stores quicker than I can keep up. But hey, the guys at AMX Superstores have got everything you need to keep your bike and body on track, whether it's road, adventure, motocross, um, off-road, everything in between from tires, chains, sprockets, consumables, gear, goggles, you name it, AMX Superstores have got you covered. A lot of brands are dropping the 24 releases now, uh, so it's a good time to go on amxsuperstores.com.au or go into your local AMX Superstores and uh, cop some of that new drop that everyone's putting out. The 24 ranges, they're all looking good. So go check that out, AMX Superstores. If you can't make it in the store, check out the website. They pretty much have next day, same week delivery on everything you need to keep your bike and body on track. And they're also doing a ticket giveaway uh, for the last round of Primex at Coolum. It's the last ever Coolum. It's a bit emotional. Uh, but go to the AMX socials, check that out, and uh, get in the draw to win some tickets if you are local to Queensland. Or if you're not, jump on a plane. And uh, come hang out with the AMX Superstores crew. So with that being said, massive shout out to AMX Superstores. Support those that support us and they support the sport. With that being said, let's get to the show. Okay, kids, you're in for a real treat today. He, he's Jimmy's brother, the guy, the singer. Gator, never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. It'd be like looking over and seeing your, your ex-missus with someone else. Like it's a... There's a few of them going around the pits, I'm sure. That's <laughs> Do you know what I've been smacking lately? Can we say it on the show? <laughs> Why weren't you more successful? Well, you know, because I sucked. So. guys let's do this as promised this is the amx superstores pro mx review show round number seven from qmp and uh, we've got an awesome show lined up tonight um running a little behind schedule had some technical difficulties um so we're going to get pretty much straight into it um before i get to the guests and introduce who's coming on tonight i'm going to introduce my co-host he's back he's uh, become a mainstay now with inside dirt this uh, second half of the season and it's awesome to have him back season best career best 11th overall in uh, Thor MX1, it's uh, QMP, Zane Dunlop. Hey, you mate? Good, man. Yeah, yeah, no, really good weekend. Uh, thanks for having me on again, but yeah, I had to come on 
finally had a good put a good weekend together, and I'm yeah, pretty yeah. Stoked. I mean, a good weekend is an understatement. <laughs> um, massive weekend for you, like I said, career best. Yep. Very impressive. Um, obviously, familiar with the track, somewhat yep. of the hometown race, but um, anyone that's raced at the level you're racing at, I don't think understand. Oh, sorry, they understand, but outside looking in, oh, home track advantage. The track is so different yep. on race day. Sure, it's probably good for a few positions and some confidence, but yep. um, watching you put that together, the season you've had, uh, kind of turning that around and the training you've been doing, the momentum, it was awesome to see. Yeah, yeah, well, like... Like I've, I actually have a few mates that ride QMP. I go there every Sunday and have a social session with the boys and they a few of them raced or tried to race. They mm-hmm. were like, oh, you know, I'm going to race the QMP National. And I'm like, you know, it's a lot different than what you think. It's not going to be like it is It's today. not going to be anything like it is on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of them rode and, and didn't qualify, unfortunately. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's really not the same at all but the track's different it's a different shape but yeah good confidence and i'm 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 pretty stoked it was the same for me right like when i did race briefly in australia um one thaggy was my home track i spent a lot of laps down there and yeah yeah, you do and race the mx nationals there and um nothing like it is on a normal day like yeah you're familiar with the gate drop you're familiar with the first turn you're you know but it's it's still a really different racetrack so we'll get into your day um but yeah 11th overall um Really impressive to see, man. So good job, and thanks for coming down. Uh, right tonight, we've got two guests, which I'm actually pretty excited to have on. Um, Brett Metcalf. Um, I've been trying to get Medi on all year. I don't think he's had the season um, he's been wanting, so I don't know if he's been that stoked to talk. But I was like, man, I'm just going to give him a call this afternoon. I'm like, if he answers the phone, he's going to want to come on, and he picked up right away. He's like, hey, what's up, Joe? I'm like, all right, you want to come on the show? He's like, yeah, man. So Medi's going to come on in just a minute. Fourth overall, four or five moto scores. Big step in the right direction for Maddie, so I'm curious to ask um, what accounted for. Caught him on a good weekend, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, and then we've got Reed Taylor coming on as well. Oh, nice. Reed is the privateer rider out of Coffs Harbour in MX2. I think he was fifth in Moto yep. One. P5 Moto One. Um, I can't remember where he landed in Moto Two. DNF. I yeah. checked. Okay, yeah. so, so he did have a DNF. Either a DNF or no points. We'll but. find out what happened there. But man, the kid rips. Yeah. And I just want people to learn more about him, really, because um, he pops up a few rounds a year and just shreds. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to get to the bottom of, of what retail is all about and where he's going. Um, and yeah, uh, Donnell Official will call in at some point. Of course. And uh, yeah, we'll get the AMX Superstores Primex review show going. Um, it's 6.45, so I said I'd call Maddie right about now. So short awesome. intro. Straight into Give it. the people what they want. I'm going to call Mr. Brent Metcalf. Here we go. Mr. Pug, co-host. <laughs> How's it going, Joe? Good, Matty. Thanks for coming on, mate. Appreciate you taking the time. Hey, no worries. Um, I did forget to say I was calling you on FaceTime audio, so I'm glad you answered. That worked out well. But, um, Matty, I've got uh, I got Zane Dunlop here with me, um, co-hosting. And uh, Zane was actually 11th overall in MX1 on the weekend, so he'll be able to offer some insight, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome hey, effort. Mate, how you going? Yeah, good, man. Have you guys uh, met uh, other than racing each other? Uh, just briefly on the start line. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was going to say just the start line chat. <laughs> yeah, just the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the formalities. Um, Matty, stoked to have you on, man. Um, obviously, everyone knows I'm a big Brett Metcalf fan, and I'll let you take it from here, Matty, but obviously four or five moto scores, and that's the most Matty I've seen you look in a long time so let's start there like what was the go this weekend 
Yeah, thanks, Joe. Um, yeah, definitely the best weekend I've had all year. Um, there's a few reasons behind it, you know, but I'll start from kind of the start, I guess, really. It's been, you know, it's kind of no real secret now. It's, you know, the, the new model bike has had its positives and it's come with a few negatives as well. And um, It's taken a long time for me to, to figure out um, what I need to do, you know, from the old KTM model, uh, talking old 2022 20, model, to the new 23 version, um, nothing transfers. No data, no information, no settings, no, no nothing <laughs> converts onto this new bike. And that has been a big learning curve in, in the bike's defense. I haven't put enough time and effort into it. Uh, I kind of started the year really slow. Um, I came off with a broken collarbone from Supercross last year got that repaired and then after I got that repaired I actually realised that I had some shoulder damage as well it's, which didn't kind of one of those things where you get one injury oh okay that's what it is you know, collarbone got that thick and then all of a sudden it's like I've got some rotator cuff damage as well so it took way longer and I got a really slow start and I didn't start the season strong and once that happens you're playing catch up <clears throat> and at 39 years old your body doesn't like to play catch up <laughs> so it's it's kind of hard so I was always just chasing my tail a bit with myself a bit of riding and then once I got up to speed it's like okay let's figure the bike out it was really difficult so um, I finally feel like it's uh, at a good place now where you know I'm happy comfortable riding the bike and it kind of showed this weekend so it was it was a massive, uh, I don't know, it was just a nice feeling to, to feel like it's it's not 100% me, even though it was a bit me at the start of the year, but um, we kind of got the bike in a good place. So it's, it's nice for me to feel like even though I'm, I'm older, I can, I can still kind of run up front and be competitive. Yeah, for sure. I think, like, how do I put it? Not that the results are relevant. Like, obviously, you're going to take a 4-5. Like, that's great progress on the season, but... I guess for you, just having that feeling back at the races, like anyone that's a racer understands that getting that feeling back, getting that flow back, feeling like you can attack the track and be in the race, like I guess that's almost worth more at this point in the season than, you know, obviously, yeah, getting the results is great. But, back, mm. you know, you've backed yourself doing your own program, like, you know, coming back from injury and, and you can go, yeah, okay, like this is still achievable for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, not just at this point in the season, but at this point in my career, because it's kind of like, oh, you know, a lot of people saying like, he's, he's too old and this and that, just hang it up. And, you know, then I start thinking, well, maybe this is it. But I don't feel like that mentally. You know, I'm not, I'm not there yet. So, um, yeah, I need I've never that said that. Of, I've never said that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard you say that either. But I needed it for me more than anything, just to feel like you said. It's not really results. It's just like nice to have some results on the board for sure. But it's more just like the feeling of being competitive for me. That's you know, I'm I've I've travelled and you know my career and everything. So I'm not going to sit and explain it. But I just want to go out there and feel good riding my bike, be competitive and come away saying, yeah, I gave it my all and I haven't really had that once this year. So that was kind of the first weekend where I did and that's worth more for me. Like that was like 
a win-win for me on the weekend. So it was just good to be up in the battle and, and running a, a pace that's what I feel respectable, what I, I like to do. So, yeah, it was a good thing. Yeah, hey, Mitty, uh, it's just it's, I find it interesting that the best result kind of came at QMP. Is that It doesn't strike me as a Brett Metcalf track, like a Gilman sort of setup. It's a bit more of a, I don't know, I find you more would be better at like a Glomia, more aggressive sort of track. Is that just like luck of the draw? You came in prepared, bikes better. You would have maybe podiumed or won if it was Gilman, but it just happened to be QMP. Yeah, I mean, I had some confidence from last year too from QMP because I got a third there in the first moto, and I was actually at the at the end of that first moto, I was the fastest guy on the track and feeling good, you know, and second moto was good too. I can't remember if it was decent, but um, it's, QMP is a good track. I think it's a great track. Uh, you know, the hills, it gets rough, it's rutted, a bit of, un, you know, hits up and down and some nice jumps. Like that, even though it's not sandy, everyone thinks I'm more of a sand guy, which I probably am, you know, for sure. But I just like a good motocross track and not like on a, you know, a, a, you know, per se junior track a lot of these races we're on they're, they're kind of junior tracks and then they kind of pump them up into a national layout for the weekend but they really are a junior kind of circuit so that is like to me that track is a pure kind of national caliber style track for me so I, I do like that but in all honesty like you know I've said that little spew at the start of this and then it really comes down to i got to thank a couple of people massively you know, I, I shouldn't do this because not one person in specifically. Everyone's helped through the year and all my sponsors. But what's really improved the bike, um, i got to thank Sam Moore for bringing in uh, basically Jack Miller and Franco. Um, without those guys, I, I wouldn't be – yeah, well, we wouldn't be having this conversation because I probably would have got another 9, 10 or something like that on the week. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, so basically the parts that I've got on the bike, which has helped me get comfortable, has come from from Jack off of his bike, and he, he reached out and through Sam, basically, and uh, reached out and said, man, you got to try these things, and Franco came down, and we did a day, and plugged the pieces on, and off we went, and it was unreal. So um, the track, I wouldn't say, like, you're probably right, it's not, exactly sandy my style of track but I do think the track's great but I think the biggest thing was just the comfort level on the bike and getting the bike to a point where I can ride it aggressively and and that's uh, so what we kind of came to uh, for this weekend which is everything came together and off we went that's awesome uh, Sammy is a legend I saw him on the weekend briefly um, it's good to catch up with him he's he's such a good dude um I have two things popping in my mind, Medi. First of all, when you started talking about real motocross tracks, for some reason, I think it was in my Instagram feed the other day, uh, it popped up. Um, what was that year in, in the States? You had that battle with, um, I think it was Tommy Searle and Dungy. Was it Thunder Valley? Oh, yeah. Dungy, Purcell, Patre, yeah. Weiner, Kennard, Warden. That, that night race, Searle, right? Man. Um, yeah, dude, it was epic. Yeah, yeah, and that popped up. So when you were talking about going fast up and down hills, <laughs> that just like popped into my head, and I was like, "That was so cool." Um, yeah. Second yeah. of all, yeah. because I'll just go out and start reminiscing about old school moto. But um, the 
uh, what was I going to say? Obviously, you have a relationship with KDM. Um, you're talking about obviously having people in your program that have, have helped bring some parts and, and testing and things. But is is it at a point, Medi, where you can reach out and be like, hey, Kyle, hey, you know, KDM group as a whole, like what's Gibbsy, you know, doing with this or what are you guys doing with that at a factory level? Or is it more so that you're kind of on your own at that point with bike setup? Because, I mean, I think looking at Gibbsy, you know, he's probably the only other comparison to you on that KDM inside that elite group. Um, you know, obviously the Husky and different things, they're different now because of this new generation Kato. So is there any shared kind of resources there or is it more you're just on your own figure it out? Uh, purely, pretty much on my own. I mean, last year I did step into the factory ride for Supercross and then that, you know, unfortunately I bombed out there. So that was a real bummer, but... This year, yeah, I mean, I'm buying my bikes, kind of doing everything. Obviously, I decided to take the, the Penrite support, and that's been awesome for me. So it's allowed me to run this program with Go24 and all the other sponsors on board. It's allowed me to do it. <clears throat> but I'm solely on my own this year. Um, and, yeah, just I haven't, you know, Kyle's been really good and supportive and stoked that I'm on KTM as well. So they've been cool, but. It's as far as the development and you now nothing is shared. Um, so it's just kind of just, uh, and, and, you know, for them, it's been a whole new learning curve as well. I think for everybody across the board around the globe, you know, it's no, no, no secret really. It's, it's been a little bit of a difficult learning curve with this new bike, you know, and limited time. I think they're all trying to figure it out. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, KTM's factory team, they want to be, uh, in, you know, they want to be the lead KTM bike for sure. So that if they do come across something, you get, you know, surely they'll share it along the line a little bit, but they probably won't share it straight off the bat. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I think there's, and that's the thing, especially, I think Australia is a unique championship for that where, you know, typically you're never going to see it in MXGP and realistically you're never going to see it in AMA where someone's going to go buy a 450, run their own program and be competitive, right? But in Australia, like we have this weird balance where you've got yourself that has his own team, is buying his own bikes, and can podium, can win races. You did last year, right? You're beating yeah. factory teams. Then you got Dean Ferris this year, you know, public facing for the most part. You know, yeah, he's getting probably a little bit more help from Yamaha than than is is known, but it's still a privateer program beating CDR. So it, it is an interesting dynamic as far as what you just said there, where, yeah, they want to be, obviously, the factory team wants to be the factory, uh, the lead bike on the track. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's just business. I mean, that's what they're, uh, they get their support from the manufacturer to do. You know, they want to be up front. So when, then, when they're not, you know, it's like, well, it's, there's questions asked, I guess, you know, and it's uh, when you got to go like Dean leading the championship, I don't think there's any real stress because the guy's just kicking ass right now. It's hands down. You know, he's uh, he's riding amazing. So, you know, and it just shows when he gets what he wants together, whether it's the bike and team or com- the combination's right, you know, then look what, look what happens. So, you know, and that's kind of the same for me for this past weekend, you know, the combination of things kind of clicked. Um, and off we went. So, it, uh, but you know, to, to to your point, it's I'm pretty much just figuring things out on my own. And you know, luckily enough, I've had a few people have helped out this past uh, few weeks with some parts to try. And 
basically just linkage, engine hangers, just all chassis components, uh, foot pegs, you know, everything that I think some of the riders in the States were doing and I mean, even down to freaking handlebar chains, you know. It was all chassis related to try and loosen the thing, get some feeling through because up to that point, you just, I'm getting no feedback through the bike, no feel. So that was uh, kind of some of the biggest and uh, really the only things we did. Yeah, interesting. I think obviously, I you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I guess I'm going to somewhat try to put myself in your shoes where you said you're, you know, you're a veteran at this point and you're running your own team, you've got your kids racing, you know, you're trying to balance everything out where you've got a family, you've got sponsor commitments, you've got to run this team, you've got to, you know, have your dad drive the van, fly, whatever you guys are doing, right? And then you, I'm assuming, because if I were you, this is how I would be, like, I just want to train, do my motos, get my body right, and be able to go race. And then you've got to worry about setting up this bike, which probably wasn't on your radar at the start of the year, you know? Um, so that adds a whole no, other level of complexity to your program. It does, you know, and it's. Don't want to harp on this thing. It's a bad, it's not a bad bike, you know. It's it's a damn good bike. It's just when you're trying to compete, um, the way we all are here in Australia. I mean, look at the level this year. It's like there's ten dudes that are really good, you know, and it's you, you got to push the entire way. And you know, when you're a little bit off, it. it it, it adds up, you know, a second or two seconds of lap, and all of a sudden you're getting your butt kicked and you're trying to, like, and then it forces you into a position where what is it? You know, you start overriding yourself, trying to make those times up, mistakes happen, you start going backwards until you just finally get to a point where, like, okay, we need to assess what we're doing and how we're going to move forward. And that's kind of what this break allowed. Um, and then the cost of it, too, you know, that's not in my budget. I mean, I don't have the. The, the budget to go and spend a whole heap of money and and all of that stuff to develop something or figure it out. So it, it's just lucky the, the way this has worked out, really. I mean, i I got to thank Sammy and Franco massively for it uh, and Jack for, for allowing me to try those parts out. Otherwise, it, it wouldn't have happened, you know. So there's only a certain amount that you can do with, you know, with the suspension, like with choice. There's only certain things that they can do and, there's only certain things that, you know, engine stuff can do. And we've done stuff with Cisco and we've done stuff with mapping and stuff this year. And there's only certain things you can do, tweaks. But when that core chassis is a bit not working for you, it you know, you, you get you hit, you hit a shelf and then you can't go any further until you figure something out there. So that's basically all that happened here. And, and uh, hopefully it carries over this weekend coming. So. Yeah, well, um, before we get to talk about Coolum, um, as when you just talking then is something I wanted to ask for a while, and I think this will be really good relevance for the listeners because obviously you've raced MXGP back in the day, you've raced Motocross of Nations, you've raced AMA, you've raced Canadian Nationals. Is there anything else I'm missing there? <laughs> I did do the New Zealand Championship when I was 15. Okay, New Zealand. Not at all. Yeah, he's, all. he's done a lot of racing. So, uh, you know, I'm... Obviously, I never raced to your caliber, Medi, but I, I had a quote-unquote career. I raced in Europe. Um, I did some yeah. racing in America, you know, privateer, pro, whatever you want to call it. But I, I have raced in a lot of places. I've raced in Australia, Europe, America. So um, I've always said since I, I moved to Australia 15 years ago, and I was like, man, I don't think the Australian 
writers, industry, whatever, actually understand what they have here as far as I feel it is probably the strongest domestic championship in the world outside of – because, you know, AMA isn't a domestic championship. It's it's America, right? So they'll, they'll say it's the world championship, but um, – you know, you've got international riders, right? It's on another level, and MXGP yeah, is MXGP. Yeah. So, what do you think on that? Do you would you say that we have, if not the one of the strongest domestic, as far as you know, um, infrastructure, teams, rider level? Like, it's pretty high over here. It is. You know, I think the level is is, is high, but we're also capped because we're so far away. We don't really get an opportunity to to, to test yourself. You know, you can't just you know, when I did, for for example, when I did Canada, I uh, went up there for three years, you know, and it's so easy for the Canadian riders to just duck down and, oh, I'll go and do Red Bud National this weekend. I'll drop down and do Washougal or Parlour or Fox Race, you know. It's it's easy for them to do that. And then they can drop down. They might be top three in Canada. They come down and they pull a tenth or a fifteenth or they don't qualify. You know, you can see where your level's at on that world stage where we, we don't in Australia. You don't get that opportunity unless you're really committed and fork out the budget to go and do a round. And it's a massive effort. You know, it's so difficult to do it. So that said, I do think our championship is really challenging and tough. Um, I think 20 years ago we were really high, and then it kind of has filtered. You know, not as strong. We always produced really, really high quality rider, but. The championship maybe wasn't as strong. I think now, for some reason, I don't really know what it's been, but it's it's really strong again. The rider and level is high, um, and we're, we're as good as anybody. But uh, the Canadian championship, when I did it, was was probably a, a tougher physical championship. I mean, we ran ten rounds in eleven weeks. They have one weekend off. Yeah, right. Um, and run. So we ran through a four in a row, one weekend off, six in a row, and that's through their summer. That was probably the toughest championship. It was harder than the AMA Nationals as far as just physicality. Like it was hot, humid, and it's like bang, 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 straight through, and then you just like cooked at the end of it. But, um, you know, obviously the depth isn't like the AMA Nationals, obviously, but just speaking in, in, in actual physical. Uh, wear and tear on your body that was really tough where here in Australia this year it's so spread out that's one thing that I would like to see is a bit more of a condensed championship so you can focus more of a of a three month or you know stint where you're racing 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 for three months and then then it's over and done with and then you're on to Supercross where here which kind of really strung out and you know we just come off of a six weekend break or whatever it was so that's the thing I think we you know isn't as as nice as a race. It's actually really good for me at 39. It's great. It gives me plenty of time to recover, but I think for the younger guys, you know, they like that consistency and kind of the hunger to keep racing and improve where you get such a big break here in the national circuit. But uh, that's also, it still adds, adds value because then we end up riding some state level rounds and it kind of filters back into the motocross community because all of us are doing a little bit more to stay busy. So, yeah, I think it's. I, don't know, I think you're not alone there. I think a lot of people want that. I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you're so. not in your head. You would, right? Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah. Um, it's so. You know, I mean, I understand that. Hold up, mate. I think we're losing you there. Alive. 
Oh, you're back. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. We got you again. We're back. You're yeah. Back, yep. I was just saying, like, it, it, it's, it's, you know, the cost of it. Holding more rounds, obviously, is, is something that uh, is a, it's a high dollar value with our live TV package and stuff. So I understand the, the things behind it, but it would be nice to see, you know, racing a little bit more. Uh, and it just, even if it's not more rounds, I would just like to see it condense into a shorter period so it's not so strung out. You know, cause it's, even for me, on, oh, for any privateer or factory team, like, you know, we've got the eight rounds, but it's all that practice time and wear and tear and maintenance on bikes that costs. It's the ongoing cost of it all. So if the season was a bit shorter or more condensed into less less amount of time, then, you know, it's a little bit maybe less ride time or stuff that your machines are operating at. Yeah, I 100% agree with pretty much everything you said there. And for someone like me, like a privateer, like uh, I would easily be able to, I would easily be able to fund uh, like a may say a three months period because I could just work for like yeah. seven months straight and save up a decent amount of money and then not work. Like right now I'm doing four days a week and juggling that yeah. and then racing and then, you know, your bike needs a service and then it, that costs you three, four grand and then, you know, it's just hard to keep that. Now I'm, I'm working two, day, uh, two days a week, which I'm down, you know, a fair bit of funding and that that's just, it's a lot harder to juggle when you're, you're constantly ready, trying to be ready for the next round, but it's six weeks away. It's madness, yeah, madness, but he's, he's out laying yeah. concrete this morning after getting 11th <laughs> at, at QMP. It's, yeah. it's madness. That's unreal, man. That's, that's the stuff that, <laughs> you know, people don't always see or, you know, it's such a tough sport in that instance. You know, as a privateer trying to make it through, it's, it's uh, man, I, I don't, uh, it's tough now. I've got mad respect for everybody, and now I've come back full circle and pretty much doing exactly the same thing. But obviously, with my career and my name, I can generate good support still to be able to do it. But it's, I mean, it's tough. So it's, you got to, you know, that's the dedication it takes here. But it would be, it would nice, it'd be nice to see something that's a, could help you know your program out a little bit where it's you know you can focus on work completely for a few months and then dedicate yourself so you can get some consistency and really run a, a better program for your racing yeah I, I mean i don't know what that time frame is right but if you said hey i'm gonna work full time for six months and then we've got you know three four months of moto two months supercross you know i can sell my bikes cash out work again you know, I don't know. That's the thing with moto that I don't want to get into it all night. Media said it wouldn't keep you long, but um, there's yeah, so get many. Political. <laughs> yeah, get political, right? But yeah, you've got the teams, the riders, like the privateers, the teams, the manufacturers. You've got the promoters, motorcycle Australia, like the clubs. There's so many stakeholders, and I think that is one of the limiting factors in our sport for growth. Is that it's so convoluted. You can't streamline the process of running an event or running a championship because there's so many stakeholders that want X, want Y, they want whatever it is, right? From TV to the schedule to two-day format, one-day format, uh, whatever it is, you know, um, getting everyone on the same page, which I think AMG, for everyone listening, that's Australian Motocross Group, uh, Motorcycle Australia, like everyone's trying to work together and I think it is moving in the right direction, but man, it's a, with, you know, you know yourself, right, many like, Everyone in the pits, they're lifers for the most part. If they're in the industry, they're in the teams, you know, they've been in it for a long time. So change doesn't happen quickly. Yeah. And look, in Australia, I mean, we, our population is not massive, even though we're one of, you know, a massive country, it, our population is still pretty low. And 
along with that comes, you know, there's just not enough budget for anybody, including MA or whatever it is. Like, there's ways around things and they're being proactive, I think, to make moves to, to make our future better. But it's just, it really comes down to budget, you know, and there's just not quite enough to, to go around to make everything work and be happy. And I think everybody is a bit understaffed. Everyone's tapped out, you know, doing your best. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 I don't know, man, it's getting pretty, pretty heavy. I think to, to dive into all of that stuff, but, you know, I think in the next four or five years, I know that everyone's trying to progress everything and that's, that's all you can really do and do your best at it. And I know that, uh, MA and AMG, they're working together and they're trying to come up with solutions. I know there's some things going on. So that even though sometimes we are left as riders and teams and families, you know, we're left in the dark a little bit, not knowing really where things are going. And is there hope? Is there light at the end of the tunnel? But there's definitely uh, things being discussed and put forward to, to make things better. I know that for sure. So it just, uh, it might be a little longer till we see things, but it's going to happen. All right, man. Hey, I'll ask you one more question, Manny, and then we'll let you go, mate. Um, All good, mate. All good. Hey, so I was going to ask you about Coolum and where do you think you're going to finish? And But, you know, you're going to haul off in the sand and I think we'll see another great round from you so we can just park that question. Um, (laughs) So what I was going to ask, though, is which I think is super cool. You were at the Junior Aussies a few weeks ago with your – was both your boys riding or just the one? Yeah, just one. Yeah, just my one. The oldest son races, yeah. So, um, man, talk about that. How was that, like, going back to, obviously, you would have raced junior Aussies back in the 70s or whenever you were younger. Um, <laughs> but how was it going back? Is that the first time you've been back in a while? <laughs> 70s, bro. <laughs> oh, so 80s, I had to get a dig in there, man. man. 80s and 90s. <laughs> uh, oh, it's cool, man. Just this. I guess to start that off, I mean, I've got two boys, 10 uh, and 8, and one, my oldest son, Nash, he he really loves racing, and, you know, he obviously they've been around my career, and that's, he really strives to take after that, and I'm kind of just holding a leash and just keeping him, you know, not not holding him back at all, but just, just trying to keep it in reality and perspective, and it's difficult for me to juggle that while I'm still trying to do full-time racing and manage the team and do other things. So, um, And then my youngest one, he has no interest to race. You know, he lo- enjoys riding around at home and his interest level of racing is, is non-existent, which is really cool. And I like that he uh, wants to be himself and that's great, you know. So i got two, two kids that kind of have different uh, desires there with the sport of motocross, but it's awesome that they both like riding. That's all, you know, I enjoy it. But going to junior nationals now, like after me, I think I won five junior national titles and we pretty much did one every year. To go back and do it now as a dad's pretty special. Like it's it's awesome, but it's also like the junior nats it's a it's kinda of painful. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole it the is, whole man. week it's it just is. so strung out. Like when we think about a pro MX and how like strung out that thing is you know, like Friday, Saturday, and then we're racing finally on Sunday. It's like the junior nationals is like six days of that. You know, sometimes you're on the track once a day or twice a day. It's a big cost. It's a big commitment for families, you know. There's, there's so many things to go into that. Um, but ultimately, I mean, the experience and doing it with families and, you know, like my whole motto of 
go 24 is, is get outdoors and, and do things. And it's, it's a cool, it's probably, uh, I would view it more as like a, a holiday, you know, it's like, yeah, we're racing and it's the best of the best and stuff. But, you know, my son's 10 and I'm not don't really focused on that. It's just more like, all right, it's the experience and what they take from it and things they can learn from it in that to, to add to their life and doing different things and traveling different places is just the absolute best thing. And you would have to, you know, be a testament to that too, Joe, like coming from, from England or wherever. And it's just the, it's that experience and worldly culture that you get to do. It's, it's, yeah, that's the best part of it. So I'm enjoying it. Absolutely love it. You know, and I have a junior team that I help out and support some riders and it's pretty cool to be able to do that. So. Yeah. Awesome. And no, it is, um, it's funny how kids change your perspective on things too. Like I remember going to junior Aussies and, and uh, when I was coaching and, and obviously just in the thick of it and I'd be like, man, why, you know, not, not being disrespectful, but obviously not every kid is, is, is good or is going to win as other kids. Right. And you'd be like, man, the parents just spent all this money, all this time. And then little Jimmy's riding around in 18th place or whatever. And, but yeah, when it's your own kids, like I, I I'm conflicted with my boy. Like he likes to ride. He's only just turned five. And I'm like, you know, if he wants to race, I'm like, do I really want to be at the track every weekend for the next 15 years, you know? Um, but <laughs> if he wanted to, you know, you would do it. Like I would do it, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the hard thing. It's so easy to kind of get sucked in. And like when your kids are young, you know, I see a lot of it, you know, it's just like, oh, it, it, everything is now and it ha- it's so important. And it's like, man, you know, after I've gone through everything that I have through this sport, it's like, all right, just, you know, just try and help it. Just, just take a step back and just, you know, enjoy this because you know it goes by pretty quick. There's no point in putting all this pressure on you because you look over the history of the sport. I mean, how many riders, you know, races go through up to you know the whole junior career to senior, and then how many go on with it? You know, what's those percentages that go on with it, and how seriously did they take it? Uh, early oh, on sure. in their career and how much they've invested and put in. and So I just, you know, don't go over your head doing stuff that, you know, is probably out of reality, you know. And I always, my thing is, and I'll leave that, you know, I was always a basketball fan. I wanted to play basketball more than motocross when I was a kid up to when I was about 13. Right. And I always look at it as like Michael Jordan, you know, I remember one of the interviews, um, when he when when Kobe passed away, and he I think Kobe had asked him like, oh, you know, what were you doing? You know, what were you thinking about when you were, you know, wanting to go pro? He's like, man, I was trying to play baseball, and that's so, I always yep. remember so, that. And I think like, you know, he's the best, you know, one of, but it's hard to say, but he's probably the best athlete ever, and. All he did when he was a kid was want to play baseball and he turned out to be the best basketballer and all this stuff. And it's like, all right, well, don't be too gung-ho on just one thing only because you're missing out on so many different things that you can learn from in life. So, you know, I just let, let, the, let the person, let the kid, you know, figure it out on their own a little bit. You just assist them with it. That's what kind of the, how I'm going about it anyway. Whether it works or not, we're having a good time, so it's cool. Oh man, I think there's something to it. Like I feel that you see a lot, you know, like Liam Evers. Uh, obviously, the bloodline speaks for itself, but I don't think he started even racing until he was a teenager. 
from memory. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, man. And I look at like another story is like you know Joel Smith, five time world champion, absolute legend, and didn't even ride a bike till he was like eighteen. <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah, that was everything. All the stress you go through as a as a mini dad parent and all the energy and everything. I mean, it's all important. Don't get me wrong; it does serve a purpose, but you got to keep that fun. It's a it's a sport. Yeah. Aspect to it, you know, and, and uh, even though it's a serious thing when you're flying around on a motorbike going way faster than the human body's probably meant to do, but you got to keep that like fun spirit about it, and that's what it's all about. Eh? Yeah, it's perspective, man. Perspective, but yeah, hey, Matty, I'll true. let you go, man. I know we could chat all night, and I appreciate you probably got things to do. Are you obviously you staying up here? Are you up at Coolum now? Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to spend the week up at Coolum and a big wash day today, clean up on the weekend, and then. Uh, I think I'll just do one day of practice is plenty for me. So, um, yeah, and then we'll be up at Coolum ready to go. Looking forward to, I think, the last round at Coolum this year, obviously for that, for that particular area of the track. Hopefully the club doesn't go away and we can come back again. But, you know, it's exciting that uh, everyone's going to be here for this weekend and um, I'm sure they're going to go out with a bang. I think the track's going to be as brutal as ever. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to... Get the Penrite Go Twenty Four machine out there again, and hopefully, like I say, get another good weekend for me would be would be unreal. So. Awesome, Matty. Well, hey, mate. Um, we got to do. I want to do a long form with you eventually. We've got to sit down and actually like have a long podcast because I think you've got so much knowledge and history, and and uh, I would love to chat more. And I think a lot of people would learn a lot hearing your, you know, story and philosophy on everything. But um, and until so that is done, let's get the weekend out of the way and uh, see you on the podium at Coolum, mate. That's the plan. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Matty. See you guys. Bye. All right, guys. Brett Metcalf there on the AMX Superstores Pro MX uh, review show from QMP. And, um, man, I literally intended to talk to Matty for like 15 minutes then. That's what I said to him. Like, just, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And, man, I love talking to that dude. Yeah, it didn't feel like half an hour. You could, like... Yeah, he's just got so much knowledge. I could just listen to that guy talk. Yeah, very, very knowledgeable. Obviously, a veteran, raced all over the world. Um, and yeah, I underestimated the fact that he is on that new twenty three KDM. And yeah. Yeah. I guess because he really isn't very vocal, like he's not the kind of guy to sit on his soapbox and be like, "Oh, the bike." Like he just yeah. kind of keeps yeah. his head down. So you're like, obviously, yeah, setup has something to do with it. But is it Medi? Is it his age? He's a veteran is he still competitive? And then he goes out on the weekend and you're like, yeah, he's still got it. Like, did you see him much on the track on Sunday? No. No. <laughs> no, I seen no. him on the start line because he yeah. started next to me in the second moto. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, apart from that, he got a good, got good, I got good starts, but he got better starts. He got yeah, so starts. he was sort of, you were in that next group really, yeah, right? Yeah, we yeah. kind of see those guys at the first three corners and then they're gone and then it's the rest of it. That's how it is though, isn't it? Like you find um, there's several clusters. There's sort of like yeah. one through six and then sort of, you know, six to eight through ten, and yeah. then it's it's in each year is different, but yeah. there's clusters of riders. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. then whether you're at the back of that cluster in 18th or the front of it in 15th, like you're all, it's still around the same guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but pretty much like uh, got 11th this weekend, but I was I was actually at the head of the group that I usually battle with, but I was just like. Usually, I'm at the back of that group. Yeah, that's what but I'm saying, right? Like, front of the group, but it's still it like that all the grouping. same guys still. But then, yeah. do you look at, um, I guess, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because, obviously, killer career best for you. Then you look at Zach Watson's in the top 10 overall, Joel Evans in the top 10 yeah. overall, and you go, well, they're just privateers like me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I should be 
should I be up there with them? Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Like, what kind of what I said to you at this before we got on the podcast is like, I did get a killer result, and I'm pretty stoked on the 11th. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think I actually rode that much better than I normally do. I just got good starts, put myself in a good position early, and and I could probably pick five things off the top of my head right now that I could have done better. And I guess that's kind of like what the Zach Watsons and the Jai Walkers that are up in that seventh and eighth place. Jai, yeah, I forgot about him too, yeah, right? Yeah, they're the ones that are they're executing those things that I'm not quite executing, and that's why they're in seventh and eighth place. So do we account, obviously, um, Clout is now out. Yeah. Toddy went out in Moto 1. Yeah. He's out for the rest of the season now. Um, are we accounting, obviously, there's two factory spots that yep. would have padded out, you know, seventh, yep. eighth. Yep. And, uh, yeah, to- yeah, Toddy and then Regan Duffy crashed out in the first Moto. Right. And, but he hasn't really been top 10. Yeah. And then Aaron's bike broke. Right, so that really did vacate like four spots yeah, in the it's top privateer 10. heaven at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. that time. Oh, well, it's like yeah, end of every Supercross yeah, season. <laughs> yeah, it's like just survive yeah, and you'll yeah, get a yeah. yeah you'll get a top ten in four fifties. But yeah, interesting. Um, we'll, we'll touch briefly on the results. The, the media interview went a little long, but we'll 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 stay on MX One right now. Um, obviously, the story uh, continues with Ferris demolition um, Dino. Demolition Dino. I like that. That's cool. Um, you know what? Commentating, you know, I mean, look, Moto One, everyone's watched it. For, for those of you that didn't watch it yet, I'll save you the short story. It was boring. Dean Ferris, Dean Ferris. Um, <laughs> massive hole shot. Um, you want to know a little insight? Okay. He ran a paddle both motos. No way. Yes. I was saying that commentating. I was saying, it, it, you know, Moto one, I saw some paddles, but by Moto two, just about everybody had gone to an in you know intermediate. You know what he did is he re- re- rode down to the start line with a knobby, got in the start get like in the corral right before we we're about to go out. His mechanic walks around the corner with a paddle and throws for Moto, it on for Moto two, for Moto one, for Moto one, right? Throws on the paddle for Moto one, and everyone scrambles. No one has a paddle ready, like the Honda boys didn't have a paddle. Oh, on. so it was strategic. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. And then second moto, I know Aaron went to a paddle and Gibbsy was on a paddle. I don't know if Gibbsy was on one all day, but Aaron wasn't on one in the first moto, and I know he went to That a did not look like a track you'd want to run a paddle. I. That's what Dad goes, man, because I had a paddle ready mm. because Dean had had a paddle last year too. Yeah, yeah. And Last year I could get it. Yeah. It was a lot damp, uh, sorry, a lot more moisture in the dirt. Yeah. The, the ruts had soft walls, like... I mean, I guess it was kind of powdery, though. Did that help? I went to a hard pack tire. I went to intermediate hard because it was baked and rubbly. I don't know how he's doing it, but then I did watch the second moto back, and he was following every berm right to the end. Well, of the berm. and that's interesting you say that because it seemed to me like I haven't seen a Primax track like this in a while where. You know, yeah, Toowoomba was hard packed. There wasn't any berms, right? Yeah. It's not very often you see berms anymore because the way four fifties and two fifty, it's not like the two stroke days where. The rear wheel spinning and it's pushing cushions. Yeah. Nowadays, the four strokes just blow the shit out of everything. So if it isn't a rut, it's getting blown off the top of the track. Yeah. So I was looking at that yesterday going, man, like how often is it you see an outside berm that's not man-made, just a powder berm that these guys are actually getting hooked up with? Like that you've ridden, obviously you rode. How was that first turn going onto the start straight? Like yeah. that was just powder really, right? Yeah, it was like they rotary hoed it. Oh, yeah, the one before the start straight. Yeah, 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 that yeah, was that slick. One. Yeah, that okay. Was, yeah, slick, and it was powdery on top, but, like, yeah, I was, like, on the edge of the tyre going as fast as I could, and I was still just 
drifting wide. Well, everybody wide was, wide. and that explains why, like, Ferris coming to that turn would literally shift fourth. Uh, and, like, he was hovering his butt in that jockey position. Yeah. And the bike was – I mean, he was just squeezing the frame with his knees like yeah. like he does, right? Because yeah. he's just a unit. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And But it was just, like, I was just watching him drift, 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 drift until he'd catch something to hook up on. Yeah. Um, so that makes a lot of sense, but – he didn't get the whole shot in Moto Two Ten. He did, but he had a paddle he had too. A paddle on, right, yep. right, 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 right. Yeah, okay. Went to the paddle. Went to the paddle. Um, you, he didn't really wash the front. He just kind of slid out on that first lap. He rode straight into the mud. There was no rut there, and it just went straight through the rut. Yeah, okay. Because you know, Tanny was obviously doing my job commentating. I'm like, the the pressure got to Ferris. He's crashed. You know, <laughs> doing what I have to do, but. <laughs> You know, in my head, I'm like, Dean's been around the block long enough that yeah. that's not going to cause him to crash. But um, Moto One, whole shots, checks out. See you later, Ferris. Um, Beaton's right there. Yeah. Can't do anything about it. You know, yeah. 15 seconds by the end of the Moto. Jed, to me, again, not really saying something that isn't public knowledge at this point. You can read between the lines in the yeah. interviews. Yeah. He's searching for a setting. He's not charging. Yep. He's super smooth, and he can ride at that pace all day, but he doesn't have that next gear right now. I really expected him to come back from America with something, hey? Well, considering the 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 results that, you know, he would have gotten in the States, he obviously had that mechanical Moto2, but but then again, he, he went 10th at Washougal, right, Moto1? Yeah, and he got tired because obviously it's a lot hotter and the motos are a little bit longer. Mm. So, But then you look at Jay, and look, no disrespect at all Jay Wilson, Jay might be going a hell of a lot faster than he was in Australia. Yeah. But he got 12th at Unadilla in that he second moto. He's on a star bike. Yeah, but do you... Either way... Did you see the bike Jed was on? True. <laughs> It it was, I think it was a dino bike. <laughs> yeah, okay. Dino bike. All right, maybe I'm being harsh on, <laughs> on Jed here. Um, or d- Yeah, okay, fair call. Yeah. Um, but either way, right, um, he, again, make or break championship now. I was like, all right, Jed's done this this consistency thing. They're going to have had six weeks to test. He's yeah. going to come out swinging. And then when he got Super Pole, the yeah. AMA Superstore's top 10 pole shootout, I was like, all right, it's, it's, it's fucking on. Like, Jed is on now. Yeah. And then it just didn't happen. Yeah, well, I he just loves those sort of tracks. Like I think he's Dean, got Dean. That is no Jed. Oh Jed, right? Jed Lowe's long GP style deep straight line ruts. Mm. He's I'll just I think I've said this before on this story, but I have a vision of him lapping me in like 2016 when it rained at Broadford, and he just launched down this hill into this straight line rut. And probably put 10 seconds on me before the bottom of the hill. Yeah. And yeah. I just have this picture of that, and that's just Jed to a T. Yeah. This long straight line routes growing up in Victoria, or in Tasmania and Victoria. And like, so when he gets that super pole, you think, I, you just, I don't know what it is, but it's just like you said, that edge. Like, he's not willing to go to the edge where. You see Dean make mistakes and he just rides through it and that's just comfort because Dean was the same last year on that Honda. He was and that's what I was about to say. It's It seems that and, – and obviously in America right now you've got two conflicting riders. You've got Hunter – sorry, Jet that can do no wrong on that bike. Then you've got Chase who goes the exact same speed as him, looks like he's riding twice as hard and seems to crash in every moto. Yeah, isn't it crazy that you're saying that it looks like Chase is riding hard when last year we were like, man, Chase looks so smooth. Eli, so bulldog on the bike. Yeah, it's a contrast, right? Yeah, and um, 
But yeah, it's one of those things that obviously um, I'm conscious of time. We're going to call retailer in a minute, but let's next few minutes and we'll, we'll talk about MX1 solely. Now, Moto2, Dean goes down in the first, uh, sorry, end of the first lap, goes back to like ninth, I yep. think he was. Yep. Um, and for a few laps, I was like, oh, this could get interesting. Jed had, you know, and was, Jed, Jed went. Like yeah. when he saw Dean go down, like I saw him get around Gibbsy going into that turn on the start straight, like shut Gibbsy down, made like, and all of a sudden I was like, oh shit, Jed's going. Like his yeah. body language changed, his intensity changed. But he, it's like, excuse me, he can do that pace, but he can't seem to maintain it. And I don't know if that's mental, comfort. It's not fitness. Like none of these guys are going to nah, get tired. Not in a 25 minute moment. No, not in 25 minute. Not, not in Australia. You know, he's a professional rider. He would be doing motos for yeah he's he's dialed right so you go okay is it comfort is it confidence that he can maintain that intensity down the stretch with the track going away all these things that um you know i ride the honda i have a honda great bike i love it but i will say that in that edgy hard pack stuff that that track would have had yesterday at qmp it definitely doesn't respond the way i would like it to as opposed to when it is um loamy or um softer dirt you know, it's just, a, it doesn't do a bad, it's not good or bad, it's just different, right? Yeah. You just heard Matty talking about the 23 KTM, like every bike has their strengths, but I guess at the moment we've had Toowoomba, hard pack, yeah. QMP. I don't know how they were running a paddle, but it was pretty hard pack. Yeah, it was hard pack. Um, you saw Ferris at Appen, hard pack. Yeah. Um, anywhere it's been Mate softer, um, say uh, Gilman. Gilman, say um, the Mud Round. Jet as Aubrey, yeah. Aubrey, Jed's been way more competitive. I mean, yeah. we didn't get to see one thaggy, but chances are he would have been very good there. It, he literally like, or he lived the there, road. like he lived yeah. at the track for most of his teenage yeah. years. Yep. Um, so cool on to me. Dean's done enough now. Yeah. Fifteen points, two motos. It's going to have to go quite wrong. Yeah, I wonder I how Jed's going to be four. if it's. But this is the thing with Coolum. If it's soft Coolum, we'll probably play in a Jed's favor. Yeah. Or at least give him a fighting chance. Yeah. If it's that edgy hard pack summer cool him, yeah, probably not well, going to. It's a lot hotter this year. It is, man. It's hot already. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, today was tough. It worked. Yeah, what was it, like it was, 28 or something? It was red hot, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yesterday, all the Victorians were like, man, it's, you know, it's hot. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I live up here now for two years. I don't notice it as much as I used to. Yeah. But I was, even yesterday, I was like, damn, it's hot early mm. in the year, you know. Um and then obviously, so there's the story of Tanny, which we've got to talk about. Yeah. Um, that was crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. I, I I don't really want to comment because I sit too close to both sides. Like, But yeah, it's such a tough situation. Well, I'll take the reins on it, right? And you and I said this when you got here. This is the reality of it. Um, I'm just going to text Reed real quick and say another five minutes because I don't like leaving people waiting. Um. Sorry, give me a second. So, here's the thing. Navarin did not do that on purpose. No. no. Was it an error of judgment? Could he have got out of the way? Did he know Tani was there? How many questions do you want to ask, right? Um, the blue flags, were they waved enough? This is the problem, right? And this is what I don't think people... It, it's deeper than... It's deeper than rap, yeah. <laughs> right? Like this is the thing. We had forty odd riders in MX One nearly on the weekend. Forty eight in MX One. Full gates every every class except MXW. I'm pretty sure. Right, so you had to qualify in MX One. Yes, 
That's great. I haven't seen that in a long time. Okay, awesome. Fucking great for the sport. A lot of 250 guys moved up. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Um, but then that's the catch, right? In the 250 class, there's five or so guys, when I say elite, it's a lot easier to match the speed. You know, if you're a 250 guy and you're in 15th, you're probably a lot closer in seconds to the leaders yeah. than a 450 guy in 15th, right? Yeah. You can vouch for this. 100%. Right? Um, like I used to have it when I raced over here. Um, I had a long time off racing. I come back. My goal was just not to get lapped. And yeah. I was townly Coppins. Like yeah. it's the same as today. Like yeah. they're elite level guys, right? Um, they're riding a different track. <laughs> oh yeah. I was actually going to say that before. Like they're, they're on a different track. So when you've got 40 MX1 guys, the catch is going to be, there's at least 20 of them far out. You got 11th. You're working a full-time job. Yeah. So hands down, there's at least 20 to 25 guys in that field that Monday morning they're out and they're building houses, they're yeah. doing whatever, laying concrete, they're doing things that people do in the real world. Yeah. They're not going to be on the same track as Ferris and Tanny and these world-class guys. So the, the catch is we've got full grids, amazing, Yeah. but it is almost dangerous yeah. to a degree because, I mean, look, no one got hurt, it was just a thing, but there was guys out there getting lapped three times yeah, yesterday. I lapped a few guys twice. Yeah, and that's, and no offense, that's yeah, you. That's, that's, that's me you know, in 11th. In 11th. Um, so you go at what point, um, I know there used to be that percentage rule. You had to be within a certain percentage of the lap time yeah. to qualify, which obviously everyone, I don't know if they enforce that, but I'm just playing devil's advocate here where it's like for the elite guys, like, yeah, I'm sure Tanny's pissed and I totally get it. He's justified that it, Nav should have looked over his shoulder with the blue flag, should have got yeah, out of the way. Yeah, I agree. Blah, blah, blah. Right. But it's this. It's been in this question has been in motocross for as long as there's been motocross, right? Yep. Like Nav's in his own race. Did he make the wrong decision? Probably Tanny. Yeah, he didn't know he was going to yeah. cut across. Like, well, whatever. I have a I actually have a little bit of backstory on Nav. It's his first race back. He got landed on on the uphill triple at Appen and broke his back. Right. Because last year at QMP, he passed me on the last lap for fourteenth. Yeah, because I so wondered why. I just thought for supposed being supposed to be there. Final yeah. North Queensland, he just hadn't raced or whatever. Yeah. But um, no, nah. nah, he's come back from injury. Okay. Yeah, it sucks, man. Because, you know, everyone's like, burn him at the stake. Like, Nav yeah, killed Tanny's championship. But it's like, dude, he didn't do it on purpose. And yeah, Tanny's got every right to be pissed. He just put a hole 100%. in his radiator and it's, it's finished any hope he had of, you know, was he going to get the championship? Probably not. Yeah. But in a racer's head, you've took that ability away from him now. Um but yeah, it's just I don't know, man. Like I, I'm I'm not on either side of the fence. Like yeah. it's just a, it's a shitty deal for Six everyone. Six in one, half a dozen in the other. It is. It's a shitty deal for everyone, and you hate to see it. Like obviously, Tanny, he's lost money. He's lost championship momentum. Every, Nav, yeah. Nav is going to be social media. You know, I mean, Oz MX memes got hacked, but it probably would have styled. Yeah, that well, crash. He, yeah, well, he's killing it on Bitcoin. Oz MX memes, apparently. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scam. Dude, when I seen the first post, I'm like, oh, he got hacked. <laughs> Poor dude. Like, but yeah. yeah, I mean, that would have just lit up with that. You know. Yeah. To be honest, I went up and seen Nav's old man because they actually lended me a throttle cable in the morning, mm. and I seen Nav's old man after the race, and he said to me, "Man, Nav's heartbroken." He's like, man, I just ruined that guy's championship. Mm. He he feels just as bad as you would think he would feel. He doesn't even want to race anymore. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, I, I'm done with this. Yeah. So I hope he does get back. Uh, he'll, I'm sure he will. Um, he'll yeah. get over it. Like not not get over it, but yeah. everyone does. Like yeah, we've all been exactly. there. 
far out, you know, like yeah. Townley was one of my heroes. And then when I raced in Australia, like he yelled at me at one point at the start <laughs> and, and, and me, my, I was like, oh, fuck you, you know, but and, and inside I'm like, but Townley, just tell me fuck off. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, so it's, you know, you, you move on and yeah. I hope he does. And it's just part of racing, but yeah, it sucks for Tanny sucks for Nav. Um, just a shitty deal, but yeah. hopefully, you know, obviously everyone's okay is the most yeah, important thing. exactly. Um, I think Tanny can still get third in the championship. If yeah, he, he's only five points out of Gibbsy, I believe. Yeah, so it's going to come down to Coolum. Yeah. So that's a cool story in itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, so Gibbsy had a good ride. I think he was fourth in the second moto. Um, Meddy went four or five. So yeah, Gibbsy was fourth in moto too. Yep. Obviously, Toddy's out with a broken collarbone now. Um, yeah. Bummer. Joel Evans whole shot Moto Two had an awesome ride before he got punted got by Gibbsy. Sent to the shadow realm. But that was the <laughs> that was the same rut. It happened the same nah, way. No, nah. nah, it was a different run. Was it a different run? Top of the hill. I watched it bef- just before I drove here. Yeah, top of the hill after the little step down. Oh, it was it a different turn? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was the last turn that happened to Tanny. Yeah, yeah my last bad. turn that happened to Tanny. But a similar deal. Why why were the ruts doing that? They were hooking across each other. Every rut, you could ride from the left side of the track over the rut. There was a little rut. Yeah, it's like the like rut. there was a merge rut. Every single rut, it was like that. I mean, whenever I've ridden at QMP and it's been ruddy, the ruts do do that. Like you yeah. end up with these options that cut across yeah. like several ruts, but down them hills, that's hard to read when you're behind mm. someone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, shout out Zach Watson, Evans, yourself. Yeah, Jai um, Walker. Jai Walker. Like Luke all Zelensky. The, the, yeah, Luke did, did good. Like all the privateers really putting it down. It was great to see. Um, yeah. All right, we'll leave it there. We've got a lot to talk about with MX1 heading into Coolum, but um, we will save that for the wrap-up pod when we talk about who won the championship. Yeah, um, And we'll kick off MX2 now on the AMX Superstores Pro MX Review Show. I'm going to call Reed Taylor, uh, the privateer out of um, Coffs Harbour. That, yeah, man, for, uh, fifth in Moto 1. Killer and, ride. Rode into it too. Didn't get a good start and hang around. He rode into the position. He did. Like, he passed a few top guys that I didn't expect. He... Um, yeah, he's an interesting story. I chatted to him before to get some context, so he's going to say some things on the show where he's been writing what he's been doing. Like, he's he's got an interesting program. He did seven laps in the second moto. All right. Interesting. Uh, here we go. We're calling Ree Taylor. Hello. Reed, how you doing, bud? Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. Hey, sorry. Uh, I'm definitely almost an. I am literally an hour late from when I said I'd call you. But um, I'll be honest, Reed. We had Brett Metcalf come on. It was a bit of a last minute deal, and um, it's Brett Metcalf. So we ended up talking for a long time, and he's a legend. So uh, that's what happened, mate. But hey, um, appreciate you coming on. I I talked to Baden on and off, um, not on and off, but you know we see each other in the pits and we chat and. And uh, you know Baden, right? Like he says it how it is. And um, and I think I said something about you after one of the rounds. What rounds did you race this year so far? Uh, I did. Oh, I came back from Germany and then I got back in on the Wednesday and then tried to race Athen, but I was really jet lagged and that and struggled there. But um, I did. I did Maitland was probably my best one. I did. Yeah. Okay. And then did you have a mechanical then, issue at Maitland or something? No, I finished both runners at Maitland. I had a mechanical at um, Gilman. That's right. Okay, so I think I said something about you at Gilman where I was like, I, look, as I said to you on the phone earlier when I, I called you, I'm like, uh, sorry, before we keep going, uh, Reid, I've got Zane Dunlop here. Uh, Zane, 
is a MX1 privateer. Actually finished eleventh overall on the weekend. Have you have you met? Have you spoke before? No, I haven't met Reed before. Well, uh, no, I haven't met. I definitely know of you, but yeah. Cool. Well, um, Zane helps me out, and he co-hosts this uh, review pod pretty often, so he will chime in with some uh, questions, I'm sure. But um, like I said, Reed, I didn't really know much about you. I've commentated a bunch of events that you've been at, where you know, even last year, I commentated at the. Uh, remember that, like motocross supercross invitational thing at Nowra, the speedway yeah yeah and, yeah and you were just like you were fucking holding oh, i don't have another word for it like watching you ride was so impressive but it yeah, was like yeah, you kind of you, you pop up and then you disappear again as far as i don't follow local state racing um so i don't know what you're up to as far as that goes but like i'll see you go to one of those races or you'll pop up at a prime x and and I said that on the show. I was like, I don't know what this kid's deal is. Like, he pops up, he kills it, he seems to blow a bike up, but then he disappears again. And then yeah. Baden being Baden messaged me, and he was like, you know what the fuck you're talking about? And and he just says it as it is. I love him. He's funny. Um, and I was yeah. like, well, man, like, tell me. I don't know. And what's his deal? Um, because I don't know how to put it, Reed. Like, it, most privateers – they, you know, they're, they're pretty consistent. Like they'll be at every round unless they're injured or whatever. But obviously, you have taken a different route. But um, regardless, we'll get into your career so far and, and sort of how you've got to where you got to. But man, again, you you, you rocked up at QMP, fifth in Moto One, absolutely killed it. So that was cool to see. How was your weekend? Yeah, no, the weekend started off pretty good. I qualified seventh, I think. Struggled to get a um, clean lap in, but that was still pretty good. And then, yeah, got off to a um, decent start in Moto1, made a uh, few passes, and then um, I was in fourth for like 90% of the moto, and then hit, like, I came up to a few lappers and then um, made, made a little mistake at the end, and then Noah ended up getting me. But, um, yeah, finished in fifth, which was pretty good. Yeah, it was. But it was then, a solid uh, ride, man. I mean, you... I was commentating and uh, we were, you know, talking about you and, and Zane, you probably watched that race. You could back me up. Yeah, like, I did watch that one. I was counting behind you at Caleb Barham. You had Zane Dunlop, Noah no, Ferguson. I'm not in 250s. Why did I say Zane? <laughs> I, I must have looked at you. I meant to say... Um, Reese Bard. Reese Bard, uh, Jace Cosford, um, Noah Ferguson. You know, four or five factory guys behind you to, and, and you fitted right into the pace. You didn't look like anything other than you belong there so that was really yeah. cool to see and obviously you beat a lot of those guys in that moto so like that was a great uh was that your season best or career best yeah 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 um yeah awesome ride man um obviously moto super, i came in i had all weekend i didn't feel really well i had like a virus or a bug or something and then moto after moto one moto two i pretty much came in and vomited the whole time like i was just really unwell and then yeah, obviously lined up for Moto Two, and then yeah, I was, or I got to about halfway, and I was four for something. I just had nothing left in the tank. Like I was, yeah, like I obviously vomited all my fluids up, everything. So yeah, yeah we were to pack it up. But, um, we were wondering what happened to you, um, but that explains it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just had nothing left, and then yeah, like obviously I don't have a tendency to do anything on the line, so I was just going whatever you know, what I mean, whatever's best for me. But yeah, and it was hot too. It's not a good kind of weekend to be drained of all your fluids yeah, no, and have okay. nothing in the tank. Yeah, it would have been tough. It was actually because it was quite slow too in some of the corners. I noticed the heat actually getting to me. Usually yeah, like, yeah. you would drop down the bottom of the hills and dance through the ruts and I actually noticed my head getting hot, which isn't usually that common while you're riding. Yeah. Um, yeah, true, man. Like, yeah, you, you got to have a slow turn for you because you feel that throb in your head yeah. with your yeah. heartbeat and the yeah. heat. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been a long time since I've – 
ridden <laughs> enough laps to get that. But yeah, I remember. Um, so Reed, like I, I know we chatted earlier, I've chatted to Baden and, and like I said, you're just a bit of a, I don't want to say anomaly because it makes it sound bad. Like you're just doing your own deal. And um, obviously you work, you know, you work a full-time job right now and, and you're doing yeah. the privateer thing. But I mean, look, man, you're doing it supercross in Germany. You, you, you're racing over there. You, you pop up and do Prime X and, and um, obviously as part of your journey that we talked about earlier with COVID that kind of really set you back because you were with that generation that you completely missed MX3 um, in yeah, those yeah, two years. Yeah, yeah. So take us through that, man. Like you come out of juniors, um, you know, you were pretty much going to be a full-time rider at that point from, from what we talked about. And then obviously COVID happens and you don't race MX3 and, how do you end up where you are, where you're racing Dortmund and international supercrosses and, and popping up and racing all over different areas? Like, how, how does that happen? Well, obviously, Baden helps me out a lot with that. So, yeah, obviously, I missed um, MX3 and jumped, oh, I jumped straight into MX2 last year and then yeah, didn't really do much. Had a few, well, I had a broken femur at the start of the year, so I struggled a fair bit. And then, yeah, Baden organized a few, or he organized for Matt to go over to, um, race Germany not someone just tagged along but um yeah and then the team were happy with me so I'd went back at the start of this year and unfortunately things didn't really work out there and then that's when I like I was trying to just switch up come back here and then try race and you know, just fit all over the shop but um yeah back here now and hopefully finish off cool and strong and then yeah I'm really keen for Supercross so yeah I know you can you obviously race in Supercross in Europe and um and uh, I've seen you, like I said, race that that invitation or whatever that that thing that that Pedro put on. This, but did you see that? that yeah, race? that was a loose event. Man, you know what though? As a racing concept, like Reed, how was that racing that for you? I know we're getting off topic. Yeah, that was, but that was good. The crowd was good. It was a short sprint. Like yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was good to watch. Yeah, did you like go on TV? Oh, you watch on TV, yeah, yeah. man. I honestly commentating it. It was one of the funnest events I've ever done. There were some wild crashes. I remember Melross's crash over the finish line jump. Well, uh, you didn't even, we didn't even know what happened. He just overjumped it. Well, no, he cased, he cased it, didn't oh, he? And he, yeah. I think he headbutted the bars and it blew him off, but he whiskey throttled. Like, that really messed his... Yeah, I remember, I remember turning up thinking, where are like, what, what are you... Because they didn't organise me to get in there and that, and then I remember turning up saying... Like, Where's the track? Yeah, like, enough, yeah. What have I let myself in for? <laughs> Yeah, but um, <laughs> like jumping over and it was just real tight and like little, and then there's a big finish. And then, yeah, but it ended up being really good. Yeah, you were shredding, dude. Like especially on the flat track section, I just remember watching you going from fifth gear to, to second, just banging the gearbox down, drifting it in. Like it was so good to watch. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's um, I've actually lost my train of thought how we got to the question we were talking on now. But racing all different events, racing events, okay, into Supercross. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, you can write. I know you have good timing, good jumping, um, and obviously, you know, racing in Europe, um, you know, obviously that will translate over. Did you race Supercross last year? No, I had an injury. I was meant to go over to America to do a pre-season, and then about two days before, I had a, like, I just went to a private track and ended up having a silly crash there and broke my humerus and my pelvis. So then, yeah, I was out for that whole season, which was unfortunate but wow, it sounds like more than a silly crash that's a pretty pretty big sounds deal pretty serious yeah <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah um okay so obviously um i guess what i'm what i what i think a lot of the industry thinks or, or watching you from my perspective i'm like all right man i know baden is is working with you behind the scenes and he's connected and and he's 
actually a lot more involved and and smart than people I think give him credit for. But like even me until recently, I was like, wow, he's actually super involved with people's programs and careers. Um, yeah. But he doesn't do it for the spotlight. Like he runs his his own business. He's he's doing it because he wants to help guys. And and I think you yeah. fall into that category where he's found something in you that he wants to help. But um, yeah, no, nah, Baden definitely helps me out with everything he can. He's yeah, he's good to me. I've also got Ando on board now, which is good. Get more, bit like a bit more of a structure. So he helps me out with like the week to week programs. And, you know what I mean? Like race day talks. And yeah, he's good now too. So yeah, for sure. I mean, Ando's a legend. Um, great coach, great dude. Uh, I think having him in your corner is going to be a great thing for you. Uh, and I think that's what I said when when Baden reached out to me. I was like, man, someone needs to get a hold of this kid. That's actually what I said. I remember now. I was like, somebody needs to get a hold of this kid, put him on a program. Like, what's his deal? Because I, I said, I didn't know anything about you. So I'm like, are you just some 19-year-old in a high ace driving around the country, like laying bricks yeah. during the week? Like, what's your deal? Um, but clearly, you know, you have a, a goal and, and you're working towards that. So I would, you know, I if, if it were me, Zane, and I was Gavin Eels or if I was Bish and I was watching this kid, I'd be like, this is someone I need to sign because if if we get him in some infrastructure, he could really be a guy. I mean, P five on a privateer KDM mm. riding past a lot of factory guys is pretty impressive. What well, imagine what if he was on factory equipment? Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're just pumping your tires up here, man. But yeah, like we're, we're you know obviously um, outside looking in, you go get you know really you should have been P four, but you got passed by. I think Noah got you on the last lap or whatever it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, if I'm a team owner or whatever, I said I, I would be like this kid. There's a lot of potential here. You know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them say like I oh, don't turn up and that, but yeah, I am juggling like working and racing and like it is hard. But yeah, I understand where everyone comes from. Also, so. I mean, it's just the industry norm, right? Like people, yeah. When you do what you're doing, whether it's injury or blowing up bikes, and and I don't think people get yeah. that either. Like. You've had some mechanicals, right? Like, let's be real. You ride a bike hard. I've seen you. Yeah, like, I've yeah, yeah. a lot of bikes. You rev a bike. If 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 <laughs> maybe that's why it seems, like, <laughs> but you you rev a bike. You ride a bike hard. You ride a two fifty like it's supposed to be ridden, right? Like that's that's the long and yeah, short. Yeah, you of can't it. tell me Reese Bud's not hard on a bike either. No, but obviously <laughs> nah. he has the, the the backing and the yeah, funding. But yeah. for you, I mean. People listening that race, maybe they don't race, fans of the sport, whatever. You go do a rod in a 250 or you blow a bottom end out or whatever it is and you're not connected to a team, you don't have access to funding. Like that is a shit ton of money that you need to go find just to put the thing back together. Forget then going racing again. Yeah, yeah, 100%. No, there's a lot that goes into it. Suspension, motors, like, yeah. Yeah, I have actually have a story from the start of the year. One of my, the 23 Yamahas weren't in yet. I rode a 22 my race bike from last year at a Coolum sunny state, snapped the top of the rod off it. Mm. It actually cut the engine in half. It looked like a chainsaw went through the engine. <laughs> and retail to get it fixed was eight and a half grand. Yeah. So right yeah, now I have a bike. Yeah, I right now have a bike in a frame at my house because I can't sell it for eight and a half grand. So yeah. I don't even have the motor. It's still at the shop and I'm just yeah. like, it's been sitting there for a year and I'm like, I have no idea what to do with that. Just piled it out maybe. Just lost a bike. Like yeah. Sell yeah. the suspension and wheels. That's the scariest part of the sport. But anyway, you know, enough of enough of that. You, you know, you, Reed, you know all about it being a privateer. But um, yeah. what's your goals, Reed? Like obviously you're going to race Coolum next weekend and yeah. I have a feeling you're going to rip in the sand just as much as you do on the hard stuff because watching you ride, you move around, you're fluid on the bike. I don't think a, a rough sand track is going to slow you down. So um, 
excuse me, what's the goals? You know, obviously, is it get a ride in Australia? Is Baden trying to get you to Europe or America or any of his connections? Like, what, where do you see yourself going in the next few years? Yeah, obviously, obviously, I want to try to get a ride in Australia, do like a building year, and then yeah, hopefully move overseas at some point. But yeah, definitely want to try to get some results here in Australia. It would be good to see you get a shot at it, man. Um, if I know Baden, yeah. he's got many fingers in many pies of deals going on for you. Hopefully, um, yeah. do you yeah, do? Hopefully, you got right for Supercross season. I um, I probably prefer Supercross a bit more than motocross. So yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, awesome, man. Do you have a tractor ride, or where do you where do you practice Supercross? Yeah, I'll probably join him with Matt and ride a few of his tracks down south a bit more. But I was going to ask that with Baden. Do you get to ride with Matt much? Yeah, yeah, whenever I can, yeah. I guess he's, he's working for two and that, so he has, yeah, whenever he can really too. But yeah, probably, probably go ride with him a fair bit down there when, when that's like often happening. Does Mossy work as much as he says he does? That that part. Like, he lays concrete as well, I think. Yeah, he drives machines. Cause... Oh, he works on the interior, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know, man. I, again, I love Mossy. He's he's an acquired character, but once you get to know him, he's he's a really good dude. And but every time I interview him, you know, he does what he has to do. Where he's like, "Man, these factory guys should be embarrassed." Like I work all these hours, and I'm like, maybe he does, but with Mossy, you just never know because he plays so many head games. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not asking you to say yes or no. It's just <laughs> I'm just commenting, but um, nah, he, it, it, you know, again. He, I reckon Mossy would um, relate to you because obviously he um, he was like that kind of factory junior, went pro, but now he does it as the working man. So obviously you're doing the same thing. It's cool to see. But uh, anyway, yeah, man. Yeah, no, I get along really well. I was over in Club MX with him not, oh, probably about a, a month or two ago doing a little bit of training over there. It was good. Yeah, right. Okay. Just, just yeah. okay. Awesome. <laughs> just riding. What, what bike were you riding over there? Oh, I have a KDM over there, like I had one over there. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Were you riding Supercross with him or just outdoors? No, I was doing outdoors, yeah. Um, how, how do you like America? Obviously, the training facility model, like it's um, it's pretty different. Yeah, it was, it was, it? It was really good. That was my first time, first time going to club and that, and yeah, it was awesome there. Yeah, it is. Um, I did MTF for a while back in the day, but all of those facilities, it's it's next level. Is that something you'd look at for preseason for next year or what do you think? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of half the reason, like, to get my foot in the door a little bit, like, to go over there and do a bit more training in that. Yeah, see how I go, but, yeah, just have to wait and see if it pops up or whatnot. Or you go back to Europe or whatever, whatever Baden lines up for you, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right, Reid, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I just, like I said, I didn't know much about you, and uh, after talking to Baden and stuff, I was like, all right, man, like, this kid just got a fifth in Moto1, we need to at least get his story out there a little bit. You know, there's a lot of industry that listen to this show and there's a lot of race fans that listen to the show. And um, yeah, I think we're going to be hearing a lot more of you in the future. Uh, but I just wanted to, to kind of have people learn about you because even when we chatted on the phone before, I was like, wow, there's a lot I don't know about this kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. No worries, man. All right, well, hey, we will see you at Coolum and um, yep. you have a good week, all right? Too easy, same goes. All right, mate, see you soon. Yeah. All right, guys, Reed Taylor on the AMX Superstores Pro MX review show from QMP. And, um, yeah, I think he was a little, I think, a little nervous then. Is like, he is he bricky, did you say? Nah, he says, um, oh, he told me earlier, I forget, he, he works a couple of different jobs. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, probably like a labourer sort of thing. Yeah, he's Jack got, um, he's got a few things going on. I can't yeah. remember now, I feel bad, but yeah. nothing, um, like, 
he's working. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he says he makes his schedule work like you do, where he gets yeah. to train, he gets to ride. Yeah. But, um, I mean, again, I think he didn't mention it, but when we chatted before, he said before COVID, uh, that 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 preseason he was down at Beaton's in Victoria. Yeah. I think he was a factory Husky Junior rider. Yeah. Uh, and then COVID happened. Lost two years. Kind of got lost in the. In the system. Yeah. I mean, I had kids because I, I had just kind of finished up coaching in 2019, um, but I still had a couple of kids I helped out here and there. And, and I was, you know, I do help try to steer people's careers from behind the scenes a little bit, same as anyone that does it's in the sport, right? And there was kids that literally graduated juniors, didn't get to race MX3 or race one or two rounds, whatever, the 2021, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and and they lost like not like career like it sounds dry, but they they lost it development years they lost their development years and then they raced MX two they got their doors blown off and they went this isn't fun I'm yep. gonna go drink beer and be a normal teenager yeah um or normal young man it's a shame like I think there's like a whole era that I feel like we're even maybe seeing that with like a Blake Fox or yeah you know what I mean yeah I think and I actually had a chat to Kobe Drew about this the difference between MX two and MX three it's not necessarily that much it's just everyone next year's got 10 to 15 grand in their bike every bike's fast every dude's fit there's no like there's no dude in front of you getting tired no it's the depth man yeah. and it's the experience right 100%. where in mx3 like you said if um cannon gets a bad start if he's 10th he's in second by the end of the first lap exactly yeah because he but then the speed cannon's running there's 10 guys running that speed in mx2 they're they're young men. They're twenty three, twenty two, right? Their maturity level is a lot higher. You're not going to break through that field. Yeah, well, he Cannon starts tenth, he finishes eighth. Yeah, like, and he even, just rode his balls off yeah, to get exactly. eighth. Exactly. Um, and I think the other thing which I've always talked on too, which I don't know if people really appreciate, if you're a standout MX three guy, you have clear track a lot of the time. Yeah. Or you're battling with one or two dudes, and you're either in third or fourth or second or first. And that's your group, right? And you normally came up with those kids. It's your era. You know how to race them. When, you know what they're going to do. Like you just said, right? And we're just using Cannon as an example. Yeah, yeah. But it could be anybody. It could be um, uh, Red Plate Holder right now, Byron yeah. Dennis. It could be anybody. Yeah. You start 8th or ninth or 10th or 12th in MX2, you're going to ride your balls off. But that entire moto, you're going to be having at least one bite roosting you and two bikes trying to pass you. Yeah. And I think that really messes with a lot of the young riders' heads when they can't move around the track like they're used to. They yeah. don't get clean air. You know what yeah. it's like? You sit in the MX1 pack. Yeah. How many laps is it before you actually go, <gasps> and you can get air because you're not breathing in race fuel and yeah. roost and fucking, you <laughs> well, know what I mean? Well, even starting 10th, I was like, oh, look at all the <laughs> air so I've got. Clean How air, good like, is this? I mean, it sounds like an exaggeration, but when you're a mid- you know, say you're 15th on the first lap or 20th, it is chaos. Yeah, and you're going through the corners so slow because everyone's running into each other and no one's going anywhere and the guys up front are just streaming away. That pulls 30 seconds on the first lap because we're just running into each other. Yeah, it's... um, And again, the roost, the the, the dust, the fumes, like you literally... Yeah. You're struggling to breathe. It like, hurts, yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you get five, six laps in and you go, oh man, like... And yeah, you look up and the leader's on the other side of the track and you're like, yeah, yeah okay, that, that, yeah. you know, that's gone. But um, yeah, interesting that, you know, he was one of those riders, Reed Taylor, that lost um, MX3, you know, yeah. uh, and then his injuries and everything. But that kid's got talent. And I know Baden's got some people in his corner and Baden's trying to guide his career. And I really hope he's not one of these stories where in two years we're like, oh, where'd you know, he go? 
like even you know MX2 we're talking MX2 now Caleb Ward coming back yeah you know what yeah. like is my, I am overall. Caleb Ward like super fan right yeah. like I love so that I. guy he's he's number one because he's a good kid he's a man now but back yeah. in the day he was a kid but it's like you know I thought on the weekend I'm commentating I get deja vu I've been commentating this series for the best part of 10 years now whether it's been TV venue live stream I've done it all NATO wins on the weekend Wilson Todd second um, there there was years where Nathan uh, sorry um, Caleb Caleb wow <laughs> I just had a seizure like that American politician um, <laughs> so, so, um, Caleb was battling for the championship yeah with well, those guys with Jed with flashback Nathan. to 2016 NATO crashes out of the last before the last round it was his it's, championship to it's win it's Caleb Ward and Jed Beaton going yeah. in the last round and that's seven years ago yeah and now Caleb's been away from the sport for three or four years fishing fishing just, <laughs> just being uh, Caleb right being from far north Queensland yeah just doing what they do right? <laughs> I don't really know what they do but that's what they do yeah um, you know him and his brother I think they've got a coaching business Caleb said he like he takes people out on group rides around like Cape yeah I think yeah oh I think he's a sweet rider for one of those like tour the tours yep, like yep. it's a completely different way of living right yeah I think he builds mountain bike tracks as well for the government. He said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did say. Yeah, it's yeah. just like the most random assortment of things. But yeah, far <laughs> north Queensland living, right? Um, but yeah, that got me thinking. It's like, you know, Reed, so much talent. You know, Caleb, like, I mean, Caleb was incredible. Well, they built it. KDM built the 250 team for him. For him, right? A um, couple injuries, a couple bad career decisions, going to MXGP when he shouldn't have, signing for a team that, folded and all yeah. these things where you go a few tweaks of decisions it's crazy. and injuries and he could be right now he could be an mx1 running with ferris well, and he, man i remember i was mates with wilson when he went into that 250 class and he looked at those guys like i don't know if i can beat caleb Ward. i don't know if i can beat those guys and wilson's now on the way to his fourth the title. guy yeah <laughs> well yeah he's basically he's he's going to win at coolum unless he grenades his bike in both motos which yeah, isn't exactly. going to happen um, I mean, I know he lost the title in 2018 when Maston and him came together, but... Yeah, there was one point going in the last round. Yeah, it's not the same as it is yeah. now. So, yeah, he's going to... Is it four titles for him now? Yep. Wow, that's yep. impressive. He'd have to be one of the most winning 250 championship riders in Australia. Yeah, yep. And rumour has it he'll be 250 again next year. Really? Yep. Over in Australia? Yep. So, has he given up on the Supercross idea in the States? Uh, this isn't from anyone in Wilson's corner. This is just rumour in the pits, but yeah, so... Wow, I can't Just make it five. He didn't even want to race two fifties over here this year, though. Yeah, I don't know. From I know one thing I hear about Wilson is obviously he likes to make money. Yeah, which there's nothing wrong. We all like to make money, and and his contract, I'm sure, is layered in a way that he's making good win bonuses, making yeah. good championship bonuses. But I guess yeah, where's he going to go? Actually, no, that's that's not true. He. 450 class. 450 class on that bike last year was incredibly competitive. Well, he nearly won. He won Coolum, a race at Coolum, and then got taken out. Otherwise, he had the overall. So at that point, and you're your Reeve, would you not just put him up? Move him up. But who do you let go of, Webster or Beaton? Yeah, well, I think there might be, you know, possibly a third spot. Well, if you, yeah, your Reeve I is mean, Wilson's going to cost the same in the 250 class as he's going to cost in the 450 class. Do you just back Brody Connolly and put him on a 450? Well, yeah, you got to go Connolly. He's already winning races, and up front this year, he could probably... I mean, let's be real. NATO's going for 450 next year. Yeah. Um, if Wilson goes 450 next year, who's going to challenge Connolly? Noah Ferguson. 
granted, there's a lot of guys that would challenge him, yeah, but could yeah. he win a title? Well, he's, he's third in the points right now. They're the only two in front of him if they move up. Exactly. And he's been sick this year. He's had a he's a rookie year. Like yeah, yep. That 250 Honda is a good bike. You oh, know? Yeah, it does actually look. As much as we harp on about the 450, I think the 250 is probably one of the best bikes on there. Out there. Oh, and especially with that way the team builds them, like they've yeah. been building that bike for a few years. Like, yeah, it's and dialed. I think with all the research they get from America with Anstey and all that, it's just like they've just got it dialed. Mm, no, I agree. Um, interesting. Well, yeah. Um, as far as two fifty results go, though, obviously we talked about Reed, um, NATO, NATO man, the NATO show. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, Wilson whole shot at Moto One, and I said on the mic, I'm like, NATO's got to get on him early in the race because we've seen it of of late where. He's there, but he hasn't been able to make a move. Yeah. And then he made it happen. Yeah. Yeah, we're just looking at a Nathan right now that's just got all the confidence, and I think he's just got nothing in his mind but winning. Well, and he's got nothing to lose. That's the yeah. thing. Like, Wilson at this point of the championship now is going, well, unfortunately, yeah, you got to have it, Nathan, because could I run with you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he definitely has the speed. Yeah. But does he need to? Like he's gonna do it for the like he did. He did it at the start of the race. Then obviously, did he fall over? He at did one tuck point? the front in the first one. Yeah, but he's just as soon as that happens, he's like, all right, he's like, oh, well. I don't need it. You know, I'm gonna win the championship. Connolly actually ended up second overall. He did, didn't he? Three two. So that's actually once again saying that. Well, he's. I would back him. Yeah, man. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not saying he's gonna win next year, but you got to look at the the trend. Like he yeah. is trending that he would be a championship contender. You know, yeah. it's hard though because like. If your Reeve wants to bump Wilson up and Wilson doesn't want to get bumped up because Wilson wants to cash a lot of money, plenty of other teams will take him. So Yeah, for sure. It's um a lot of politics there, and that's why I'm not a team manager. That's yeah, why your Reeve's a good one. Your Reeve is a good team manager. <laughs> He's um he is a very good team manager. He runs a very good program and, and won a few times. He has won a few times. Um all right, let's talk about the results. Obviously, that's your top three. Noah um, four, Noah four four. Four four, yeah, good ride. Jace Cosford in fifth. Good yeah. comeback for him. And I chatted to Noah and Jace in the post race interviews, uh, the Thor post race interviews that are out now. If you guys and I know you guys skip over them because I see the analytics numbers and everyone listens to this show, but not everyone listens to the post race interviews or the radio show. So I'm calling you guys out. It's not long enough to listen to in my car, Joe. I'm sitting in my car, I'm driving to work. I'm not listening to a seven-minute podcast. I may as well listen to a banger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? You just fully answered my question. Constructive criticism. Why? Yeah, well, I can't, I can't record an hour post-race interview. Like know, it's, it's post-race interviews. It's hard. But I think you'll see that in all moto media. It would be, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of half joking around. But, but go listen to my other shows as well because they're worth listening to. And I spoke with Jace and I spoke with Noah in the post-race interviews. Um, and yeah, I said to Noah, I'm like, man... How did you go 4-4? Because I, I swear every time I looked up, you were battling and passing. It seemed like he had a hectic day. Terrible and starts. Very that's fast. That's what he said. He was like, awful starts. I don't know what's going on. It's like I've forgotten how to ride. But then he's shredding. I watched him in that first motor and I was like, there was a moment there where I was like, this guy, he could catch, could catch Wilson. He was going that fast. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then it's a Wumba, same deal. Bad starts, charging through, revving yeah. the shit out of the bike. Lying. Just like He's Barsha. so good to watch. He is. And, and I said to him, how is it going to be for Coolum? Last race, hometown race, last Coolum. He's like, I'm going there to win. Okay, so did you see the results from the club day? No. He won every race by 30 seconds. And he put, Reese Bud was there. A few other guys were there. Yeah. And he put, man, he put literally a minute on Reese Bud. Bud was pissed after yesterday. 
Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm not talking bad on him. Reese Bud, great, great kid, great dude. Well, um, P6, I don't think he's where he wants to finish. No, like, I, I walk around with my recorder after the race, and I just, like, I literally just walk around the pits like a zombie just waiting to bump into riders so I can interview him. <laughs> and he was walking out of the truck, and I was like, oh, hey, man. And he was like, hey. And I was like, uh, you want to do an interview? Or he's like, look, man, not right now. And he just kept on walking. And I was uh, like, yeah. And look, I get it, man. Like, yeah. he's had a rough day. He doesn't want to talk to me. Like, no no problem with that. But he kind of went backwards in both motos. Which is, I reckon he overrode the track and he got tight because that track was easy a to A lot override. of people were talking about arm pump. Because hey. I blew up in the first moto, but then about 15 minutes in, it went away. Cause, but I slowed I didn't slow right down, but I stopped riding the bumps. I started doing weird lines, cutting across the track, missing all the bumps, and then my arms came back. The way Reese rides, I can see a track like that. It's not a typical Australian track where the more aggression you put into it, the faster you're going to The more go. you're going to get out of it, yeah. I think that track will beat you. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, a lot of people talked about arm pump. Beaton was talking about arm pump. Like yeah. A lot of guys were talking about Everyone it. Everyone was getting it yeah, pretty much, yeah. except for Dean. I was getting <laughs> it just watching. Um <laughs> So, yeah, Reese Bard was, was sixth overall. Yeah, um, Caleb Barham, seventh. Good ride for Caleb. Like, ran up front earlier, Moto 1. Um, yep. He's I – ch- I chatted to him. We're going to call Darnell in a second, but I bumped yep. into him and Darnell in the pits when I when I rocked up Sunday morning. Um, and I was like, how you doing? He's like, man, I've actually ridden for two weeks. Yeah. You know, his thumb was a lot worse than yeah. people. Um, yeah. You know, give yeah. him, not giving credit for, but – Yeah, well, I was actually quite close to that whole situation because I trained with Caleb and, yeah, so – Oh, is he I part of your crew? Yeah, he's with the double yeah. O elite rider training crew, like Aaron and Nathan Crawford, and, mm-hmm. you know, Kobe Drew and all them. And Yeah, I think it, I think it's a bummer for KJ because he's not a seventh-place guy, especially on a factory bike. I think he is a seventh-place guy on a privateer bike, cause, but he's literally finished better on a privateer bike, and I don't think we're seeing all of Caleb Barham. No, nah, but I think even Yamaha know that dude. Yeah. Like, he had thumb, did he have surgery in the end? Ah, uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, for, for, I mean, man, he had mid-season thumb surgery. Like, what are you going to do? You know, the fact he's even riding is an achievement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, he broke his thumb. Yeah, and he had surgery. Like, it's not a very easy injury no. to come back from. Um, who ran it out the top ten? Uh, we had Caleb Ward, first privateer. That's right. He was eighth. eighth. Yeah, yep. we we'll so, just chat about him, but that was awesome. Uh, Ryder Kingsford in ninth. Quiet day. Didn't see him at all. It's good to see him back, though. Yeah, it is good. You know, didn't the WBR team was yeah. Actually, the team were back, right? We didn't talk about Bailey and MX One, but um, again, I know Bailey is riding himself back to health. He's realistically, I don't think he is ready to race yet. Yeah, but he's decided so. to. I could see watching him putting his leg out in the ruts, like he's not attacking the track. He spent all of second moto right on my back wheel. Yeah, so he's obviously not. Where Bailey Mackwitz should be. Well, don't discount yourself, mate. But um, <laughs> realistically, he is a had his career gone differently the last year and a bit. But yeah, he would be battling in that top five to top ten. Yeah, you know, 100%. factory group. Yeah, um, man, I don't know what he's been doing in the off time, but he has grown about seven foot. Man, he's a monster now. He should be a front rower. He should like seriously. He'd be a linebacker in America, like football. <laughs> like yeah, the dude is. Um, he has a wedge seat on that 450. Do you see it? Yeah, a tall seat. Yeah, yeah tall I've seat. Got, I've got a tall seat. Are oh, you on a tall seat yeah. too? You, you, oh. Six foot. Are you six foot? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Bailey's probably six four. <laughs> yeah, like at least. massive. It, like, yeah. He looks like a Kenda Diker or all yeah. of a sudden. like Because, yeah. you know, I remember watching him on a 250 like literally a year ago. He did not look like that on a bike. Yeah, well, he's in those growing years. And I think he is. It's getting, like when Cincerillo just like grew. Getting hairs on his chest, I reckon. 
<laughs> more than that dude far out like I like interviewed him on the start line in, in Moto 1 and he was just like hey I'm like whoa dude yeah, like, yeah. but yeah he hit the gate in Moto 1 he started next yeah. to me in Moto 1 slammed right into the gate yeah he said that did that make you flinch nah made yeah. the guy next to me flinch and then I had no one next to me on the start so you could move around that's yeah, awesome it was good um Round out uh, MX2. Kingsford, uh, ninth. Ryan Alexanderson, 10th. Quiet day for him, man. He's not happy. No. No, he got roasted by Big Croft because he's in the crew as well. Yeah, yeah. So. I, not what I expected more, but he's been riding well. So Yeah, I think a 10th at a home track, I think he definitely needed to be. But he wasn't up front all day off the gate. Nah, no. he got bad starts. And, and that start seemed, how do I put it? There's that big right, number one, it's a right-handed first turn, so it spreads out quickly because yeah. not everyone can carry speed. Then it does that little dog leg back that on itself. Sucks. It, it's it's hard to ride when you're doing practice laps. I can't yeah. imagine how hard that bit would be um, in the pack. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't make that inside rut, you're tiptoeing around the marbles. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, nah, it's not good. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so the, yeah, that's your your your, your MX2. Caden Minear in eleventh. Quiet day for Minear. He looked like he was not a fan of the track. Look, actually, I, no. Caden Minear in twelfth. I walked Fitzpatrick in eleventh. He could drill ride for Riley. Um, yeah. I walked past Manier with the KDM boys after the moto, and he was visibly like he was upset with himself. Mm. And the team were kind of comforting him. And I heard his team were okay. He's like, "No, nah, man, you did fine. You did like." But here's the thing: I I do this with Caleb uh, with with Manier. Kid's fifteen. Yeah. Is he still fifteen? I think so. He might just surely be surely he would be sixteen. Uh, he's probably he's like Benjamin Button. Either way, he's young, dude. Yeah. Like, and I, you know, media we're hard on these kids because like. Well, he won MX3 last year. Like, if he wants to be the next guy, like, but he's still learning. He's a rookie. He's so young, and it's going to be inconsistent, you know? Yeah, I think what would be kind of maybe playing on his mind is him and Ryan had that battle last year. Mm. And I know Ryan's 18, but I think Caden would at least want to be beating Ryan because he was his competitor last year. I think the difference is, right, when I think of Caden, I feel that, what he does is this is kind of what he did last year in the, the the back end of MX3 Championship where he wasn't performing his capability. But it's like he's learning and logging information. I expect him to do well at Coolum because he rides the sand really well. Yeah. But um, then it's like he's going to come out next year and he's like some sort of supercomputer brain just... Come out firing. Because he's learned everything and yeah. then he's going to have time to process it. He's going to grow. He's going to mature. And I'm not saying that I'm not talking about an Alexanderson, but I feel that Caleb's ceiling of growth yeah. is a lot quicker when he figures it out. He elevates to like the next level. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, I thought he might go to Europe next year. I don't know what the talk is in the pits, but I think he needs to do another year here. Yeah. Personally, I don't know anything, but that's my opinion. Yeah. It's quite a fine line. You, we just, just spoke about it with Caleb Ward about when to go. You can go too early and it can be detrimental. Well, it's too early is one thing. The wrong team. like Yeah, big. I mean, Jay Wilson, Caleb Ward, they all went to Europe at the same time. Yeah. It pretty much finished both their careers. Yeah, well, Jay was lucky to get back. He Jay liked- was lucky to get back. I remember talking to Jay. Well, I had my team, right? Yeah. Uh, he came back in 2016. Yes. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, he did. Mid-20s. Yeah. He had a couple of fill-in rides at Raceline. Do you remember? Yeah, because he was 13 champ or 14 champ? 15 champ. 15 champ. Yeah. Comes back late 2016. A few rounds left. Does a couple races for fill-in for KDM. Um, no ride. I called him in the off-season. I had my team. I said, hey, what are you doing next year? I'm looking for a ride. All right, cool. i got a 40 ride for you. Um, okay, what's it entail? I'm like, everything. 
and bonuses, I can't I can't pay you. So yeah. I can get a bonus structure. Um, I'll work on that with KDM and the sponsors, but I'm like, you're not going to have a sign on, you know? And he was like, man, I think he just had Poppy. He was getting yeah. mad. Like, he was like, dude, I appreciate it, but he's like, I can't ride free. I'm like, no, I totally get it. I'm just like, I'm not in a position to pay you sign on. It was it was first year pro team. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I can get you everything, and we can get you some bonus money with the, with the sponsors and KDM. But I, I you know, I'm not gonna be able to pay you 50 grand. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't even getting paid 50 grand to run the team. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Baden will attest to that. How much it costs to run a team, but um, but yeah, basically, like you look at Jay now, but how many years he's had to claw back all that momentum he lost. Because yeah. he went at the wrong time. And then yeah. Caleb it basically finished his career. Yeah. Two years later, he was done with injuries and taking privateer teams and all this stuff. So, yeah, you look at um, Caden, you go, man, don't go too soon. Yeah. And I know Ross is in his corner and always very He's experienced. got a lot of smart guys around him. He does. There's a lot of smart guys. And I don't think he'll make the wrong choice. But I personally, if it were me and I was in his corner, I'd be like, you got to stay here one more year. And then you go, who would challenge Connolly next year? Well, Maneer's probably going to be one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just it gets hard when you start because you know you've got Connolly and then Nato and Wilson, and then once Nato and Wilson go, it's going to be Connolly. But then right behind Connolly, it's like Ferguson, Cosford, Bud, Barham, like those guys are going to be there too. So Miniers, I think he can jump up into that group, and I think he has been at the start of that group this year. But it's not going to be, I don't think, the way it has been where he jumps. He learns a lot. And jumps 10 guys. Mm-hmm. I think he'll catch the guys, but then he's got to learn again. And it's going to be interesting. It is. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes. But um, all right, it's been an hour and 37 minutes here. So I think they'll wrap up MX2 here on the AMX Superstores Prime MX uh, review show. Um, I might call Darnell official real quick just because it's Darnell and we'd love to hear from him. And we maybe we'll chat a tiny bit of MX3 and then we'll wrap this one up. So uh, let's good. call the man, the myth, the legend. That is Donnell official. He said he was making tacos tonight. Hungry. <laughs> I had guzzies before we started. It was uh, it was glorious. I did before I came, but I'm hungry. No. Donnell official. What's happening? It's not a show without uh, without calling you in, mate. We've been going for nearly an hour and forty minutes, but we had to get you on. Um, how's the tacos, man? How's Taco Monday? Hey, Taco Monday is good. We yeah, we've missed Taco Tuesday by a day, but um, we are we are loving it right it's now. Tuesday somewhere. You know, it's just he's a little premature. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> hey, um, so how's that uh, Victorian? See, Dino went home last night. I don't understand that. Hey, yeah. Well, it, like, didn't want the back company, to the cold. company paid holiday yeah. up in Coolum. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sore subject. He said to me before I called him earlier, I was going to get dinner. He's like, it's eight degrees right now. <laughs> I got off the plane last night wearing t-shirt and shorts and I look like I was fresh out of a Mentos commercial. My nipples weren't that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what time? Oh, I, this is like, again, shout out everyone in Victoria. I, I lived there for a long time. But I do remember the, the vivid memories of flying back from the Queensland rounds in winter just being like, why do I live here? <laughs> and now I don't. So it's awesome. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, if you can hear crunching in the background, that's um, Australia's fastest Afro Empire Cowies, Will Price, getting ready for a big week at GNCC this weekend, the inaugural round. Yeah, right. Is he, is he carb-loading on tacos? He's, yeah, pretty much. I really wanted to race that, but it's on the same weekend as Cool. 
yeah, I think you'll have your chance next year. So Exciting. It's um, it's shaping up to be a good series. So we'll uh, we'll get the scoop after after Wilbur gets home. Are next they week. are they paying you for after. PR or something? Like you're speaking very no no no, no it's like racing. No, it's true. You are no, quite the racing fan. Yeah, you got to give the off road guy some love. They don't get enough of it. They're gnarly and yeah. they do silly things like riding through trees and and in the bush. It's so. Awesome. Wolves right here can try and defend himself, but he's too busy stuffing his face full of tuck, I <laughs> No, look, man, the off-road guys are gnarly. Like, I've got nothing but uh, admiration. It just, it's not my thing, but they are. It's it's a different level of riding and commitment. I like the, the, the vibe around their events is a lot better. It's a lot more laid back. Um, party. Yeah, yeah actually, Adderall Party is sick if you had that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did one this year, and yeah, you're 100% right. It was it, you did it AORC, yeah, the one at QMP, yeah, standard on a standard 350. That would have been fun, yeah. It, it, uh, it, everyone else hated it, but it was my first off road, so I'm you're like, just like loving this, it. This is sick, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, This fucking sucks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear a lot of good things about that round from I everybody. I was uh, really stoked that it was uh, not my bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, yeah, I was changing air filters in between laps. Wow! And all the timing was out, so I'm pretty sure I did like six hours of riding, and it was just like no brakes, and it was sick. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Buy this bike. <laughs> yeah, dudes that were battling with me were giving me tips on yeah. the start line. I'm like, man, I don't really know what to do, and they're like, oh, you're gonna want to do this and do that, and then I would beat them by thirty seconds, and they're like, sick. And I'm like, that, this is we are a long way away from motocross. Yeah, it is a yeah. different vibe. It is a different like. I remember inside dirt, like me and Darnell went to the season opener, and was it 2020? Yeah, 2020 Toowoomba. Yeah, it was, and like we rocked up, and MMA had us do the the press launch. We did a live stream, like we did a podcast at the event, and <laughs> there was a lot of like off road guys just like looking at you funny. Like, what are y'all media doing here? Like, <laughs> it's just this is different. Like, no photos. Like, <laughs> we don't get this around here, you know. <laughs> but. Yeah. No, nah, you gotta love the off-road guys. They are they are pure like purists, right? Yeah. Like they're like soul surfers. Hundred percent moto. Mm. Well, off-road. <laughs> yeah. um, watching them do their thing, they yeah, they're they're pretty uh, pretty good at what they do. And I've seen a few of them made a transition across earlier in the year at Wontaggy. Will came down and raced that one. How'd you go there, Will? No good. <laughs> so um, they, yeah, yeah, they do their thing. So. No, it's good. So, yeah, hopefully get out to a couple of rounds of AORC towards the end of the year now that motocross is wrapped up. Yeah, true, uh, so true. There's, there's a few rounds left. But, um, mm-hmm. all right, Dino, AMX Superstore's Pro MX Review Show. Um, we've talked everything but MX3. It's been a long night, but um, mm-hmm. you know what? The only, I, I, was, I had a very busy day yesterday, So and um, I get a bit of a break during MX3 um, from, you know, from the stuff that I have to do on race day. Um, so I actually got to sit down and watch a bit of the racing and what caught my eye, probably what caught everyone else's eye was, uh, Jake Cannon out front mooning everyone just had the full brown eye out. Dude, <laughs> I, uh, I, so Scott Bishop, which is the Yamalu, like he's kind of like basically head of racing at Yamaha and he's involved yeah. with like Yamalu Yamaha for a long time. And I, and he walked past, I'm like, Bish. He's like, yeah. I'm like, Bish, I got to ask you a question. He's like, what? I'm like, what do we got to do to keep Jake Cannon's pants from falling down? I'm like, what you just said. Then I'm like, Moto One boxes. I'm like, all right, Moto Two. I'm like, just straight ass cheeks <laughs> <laughs> on TV. And he's like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, he's just kind of laughed about it. But yeah, 
like number one, like he smoked the field, and then he's just showing them straight. No wonder, no one wanted to follow him. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a tactic. But um, you know what blows me away, dude? Is like I go on about it, commentating. I'm like, oh, this is the Cannon bloodline. This is you know Charlie Cannon's younger brother. But I'm pretty sure they all live in the same house still. Like, can you imagine the dinner table? Yeah, well, they're like. 18 and 16. Yeah, so I'm, I think they still live at home. Like, going home on the weekend, they've just smoked. I mean, obviously, Charlie had that incident on the weekend, but I mean, we haven't talked about WMX. Yeah. Far out. But too many races. Way, yeah. <laughs> Way too much to talk about in a two-hour podcast. But, um, you know... Not some good racing in the women's. Uh, um, it was good racing. They were catching first, uh, fourth to first, to then stopped dead with someone caught in their back wheel. So... It, uh, did, it did, they, did they get the crash on TV? I did see yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. I've got to try to see it. It's, it's on pretty the gnarly, story. Pretty gnarly. Hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Charlie just kind of thrown yeah. to the back of her. I think. Mm. Yeah, it's a shame because it would have been good to see now that Taylor's back healthy. Um, Dude, she was going for it. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, Emma had a, a a crash on the first lap of the first moto. Um, Taylor Thompson, like well under her for taking her first win. That was great, man. You know what? I said to Emma in the post race interviews, I'm like, hey, if you didn't blow that first moto, you'd have a pretty decent points lead right now. Mm. Yeah, way to run yeah, in. Yeah, she didn't want it. Yeah. She wasn't stoked on that, but I was like, hey, Captain Obvious, um, did, yeah, yeah. did you know well that? Done. Yeah, yeah. Also, the sky's blue and Joe's a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jake Cannon, Charlie Cannon, like man, a normal weekend where they're just dominating. Um, imagine, imagine, like imagine it's all probably the number one trophy sitting around the. It's like being Daz Lawrence, right? Like you just <laughs> you just breeding champions. Yeah, yeah. Like do you just get do you get put out to stud at that point. Like do you, <laughs> do you have like moto parents being like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's, it's been a long night. That was that was a good one. This is almost like yeah. After Dark. It kind of is. Darnell we need to Darnell After Dark, yeah. As soon as he comes on the show, it just gets wild. A-Star's representative, <laughs> Darnell. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, like, I, I say that in jest and in, in, in all due respect to the families, but, like, it's not very often you see that, that, uh, you know, obviously you're the Lawrence brothers, the Stewart brothers, and brother and sister, Alessi like brothers. the Alessi brothers, but I don't, I don't remember the last time I saw brother and sister at that elite level. Nah, uh, probably Joel and Emma Milosevic. Oh yeah, I'm literally in the same races. Yeah, yeah no, you're 100 percent right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I think Joel could have, yeah, Joel could have lined up on the weekend and put himself near a pointy end. So he's still well, so far. Dude, Joel's won MX2 motos. He's yeah. podiumed overall raced at nationals. He raced MXGPs. Like again. Probably didn't quite utilize his career, but man, he could ride. So, yeah. So, essentially, yeah. Um, my comment of it never happening, it literally happened in the same race, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's an Australian thing then. Yeah. Seamus, get away from that. Sorry. Do you have threats or what just happened? <laughs> no, no. I've got, uh, I've got Seamus the sausage dog next to me trying to eat the tacos off my plate while I'm on the phone to you guys. Oh, man, so. this, this phone call is just getting weirder. Um. Oh, yeah. That's thanks to uh, our other housemate has luckily stayed in Queensland between the rounds. So. Yeah, for context for everyone, Darnell lives in a moto house. Like, he is roommates with um, with Jesse. For the He's Jed Beaton's mechanic, right? Yeah. 
and uh, and also Will Price, who's AOIC writer for Empire Kawasaki. So quite the um, and then there's Darnell. <laughs> yeah, then there's me. There's me and Seamus just <laughs> just lounging around eating tacos. Oh, that's awesome. I, I remember being young and living um, in a moto house. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's good fun. Um, call them boys. Cool, well, cool, cool. Let's MX3 real quick. Um, what do uh, we think of, of um, what have we got for overall? What did Dennis get? Uh, second. He did get second in the end. Yeah, he charged two. through, man, in that second moto. It was good to see. 3-2. Like he caught fire at the end there. Um, do you have the results? What are the, can you tell me the top 10? Uh, Jake Cannon, P1. Byron Dennis, P2. Jack May, the P3. Kobe Drew in fourth. Kobe Hantis in fifth. Ryan King in sixth. Seth Shackleton in seventh, Seth Birchall in eighth, Deacon Pace in ninth, and Liam Owens in tenth. Campbell Williams in eleventh. What happened to Campbell? I asked, odd I asked Tyson Cherry, and he just said um, that he is bike setup. He's like they made a bunch of changes after Toowoomba because he didn't feel comfortable, and then that kind of carried through to today. But he's like they kind of went the other way with the bike that he wanted, and. It still, they went backwards. it still didn't work. So it was kind of like at that point, I think everyone is probably just a bit, including him, is probably a bit frustrated. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's weird because that yeah. standard Cowie is actually a good bike. I did a demo day actually. There's a really good. That, that, the standard 50 Cowies have always been good. I actually frosted. I was like, I said to my old man, I could actually race a 250 if I had one of these. So yeah. maybe they need to go back to square one. Well, you yeah, well, he you can go, ride. Go back to that. He well, can ride. You know how it is. You can sometimes get so far away from where you yeah. need to be testing. And yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's interesting, man. But hopefully he figures it out for Coolum. Um, because the Empire team's doing good things, man. They're growing their program. Like it's really good to see that Green is back in in the pits, and hopefully mm-hmm. they can get some solid rides at Coolum to finish the year strong. I mean, Haruki's struggled because of the injury he was coming back from this year. But um, anyway, we're talking about MX3. Um, a lot of Yamahas, man. <laughs> like a lot of Blue Crew. Mm, funny that. Yeah. yeah, I think the support program is pretty it, well. It goes to show though, doesn't yeah. it? You know, like or between the pro teams and the junior teams, you can see that presence. Um, three of the top five. They had four in the top eight. Yeah. And then you had, um, obviously, Shackleton. He had a good first moto. Uh, he's just come off that uh, junior title at the Junior Aussies, riding for the, the BCP Honda team. And he's still quite young, but then... Then you look at it, Maneer and him are pretty much a similar age, right? Unreal. Like yeah. I think Shackleton's fifteen or fourteen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they had to get a exemption to get him in. Yeah. Um so yeah, it sort of goes to show that then Maneer's results all of a sudden become a little bit more impressive. Not comparing to say Shackleton's is worse. He had a really great ride in Moto One and he just won a national junior championship, like the kids going places. Yeah. But I guess it puts Maneer in perspective, you know? Yeah, when we're so tough on Maneer, we should... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, mm. it, interesting. Um, but, yeah, I think... Well, if you're going to pump up your BCP team member, you know, I'll, I'll pump up our Alps guy, Ryan King. That was a, a Ryan King. It's Ryan. It's Ryan. King's kid. It's, it's Ryan. Is he, is he your rider? Is he? No. How do you say his name? No. Alpine Stars rider, didn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> is, is yeah. it, how, what's it, how do you spell his name? It's, it's K-I-N-G. Yeah, well, he is the son of a world champion, so you better put some respect on his name. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, the spelling's what spins me out. No, I, I, called him, I called him Rianne for like half the season, and then 
um, one day Shane's and then like, just throw punched in the <laughs> <laughs> dude no it's Kingy looks gnarly but he's actually the nicest dude ever um, no he's one he's one of the greatest dudes around um, just and super down to earth too you know for anyone that could have an ego on the pitch it's you know it's a world champion but he's and you know what from that. I thought that very interesting you say that right because um, obviously Ryan is over he's been training with you guys and he's been staying with Jeff Leesk on the Gold Coast right um, I seen him at the track a couple of times. I've chatted to him and stuff. But I saw Ryan come off the, the track, right? And and it was after the moto. I was in between the podium and commentating. And him and Jeff are talking by the start. They're talking chop, you know, of what just happened on the track. And Shane is washing the bike. Shane is <laughs> dad is mechanic, ex world champion, beat Joel Smets, ruined my childhood for a few like weeks because I was a Joel Smets fan. Um, he's washing the bike. <laughs> It just goes to show how down to earth and he wants his kid to just succeed. Like, I love it, you know? That's, that's two good people to have in your corner, eh, Leskie? Kingy. Fuck, does it get much better than that, does it? Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, it does not. That's like having, I don't know, RC and Stu in your corner if you were an American kid, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Like, like, hey, here's an accumulation of, like, a lot of winning and knowledge. Yeah. Because the technology and the bikes progress, but the, the sport doesn't change like it's the same deal yeah but you know with, with Lewski's involvement with KDM for so many years he knows that bike he knows how to yeah and obviously all his experience but he has the experience with the KDMs and you know hopefully we see that transition across now he's with Stark so you know I'm very interested to see what that goes to yeah it was cool to see them on display on the weekend hey yes I uh yeah my set to sleep oh, here's my address send one to my door please um, no. I'm trying to line up riding one. You should fly up and we'll we'll do it together. No, I think I've got one lined up down here to ride. So oh, sorry. I'm good. Oh, big Ooh, guy. Look out. He's yeah. <laughs> got his own electric bike to ride. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rose, you're on a uh, battle on the bush the other week. Yeah, man, they were they're a little bit off the a little bit off the stock, but man, that was a lot of fun. Dude, my friend Maddie up here has got one. Um Matty Lewis, he used to ride freestyle back in the day, but he has a pimped out one. Like he's got um, the shock, the forks. He's got the different. Is that the tires. Super V one, like the full motor one, or like the or like the pushy one? No, it's still a Surat. Like it's still a pushy version. Um, but yeah, this like, is like the full moto spec. Like oh, it looks like a WR. Yeah. I haven't ridden that one, but tell you what, man, we take that thing out to the pushy track and jump some yeah. big stuff on it. Like mm. it's pretty gnarly mm. <laughs> what you can do on them. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, cool story, bro. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about? Yeah, the you, yeah. Sorry, I forget you're a big time dude, and you can find your own stocks to ride. But um, it was interesting. To see. I've never seen one in the flesh. They looked a little different to what I thought they would. It was a lot. To, yeah, I had to sit on it, and it's quite skinny. Very yeah. skinny. The kickstand really threw me. I was like, why? Why does it have a kickstand? But um, clearly, not an off road guy. No, well, clearly, yeah. ask Will. Why does it have a kickstand? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah explain this to me but um nah anyway cool to see those bikes and yeah I think they're they're getting they're gonna get very popular in the next couple of years yep um yeah so that that's QMP <laughs> I'm so ready for Coolum <laughs> yeah ready for the yeah. season to be over QMP is in the books one more Coolum boys the last ever one yeah anyone emotional yeah I think I might um, get no, emotional no. on the mic, like at the end of the day. No, 
See, the, the novelty of it being the last column's worn off because we've been to like nine last columns now. So yeah. I know it's officially the last one, but it's True. like, oh yeah, it it's the last, last column. Year. Yeah, it has literally been the last yeah. column for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pretty it, sure I was on 85 um, and they said, man, the rent's up next year. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, really? I, this is legit though. Like this is it, right? Yeah. Imagine if it wasn't. Anyway, we've extended for another five years. We've got news. <laughs> There's four certainties in life. Death, taxes, call them returning for one more year, and Dean Ferris making another comeback in retirement. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know, what does he do in pulp um, future headlines? It's like, yeah. or yeah. Dean Ferris claims another title in 2024 at Coolum. If you said to me, if you said to me at Coolum last year, Dino's going to retire, come back, and pretty much win a title, which it's, it's what is it, 15 points leading into yeah. Coolum? Like, this it's, thing's as good as done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the sport of motocross and anything can happen. Uh, but, yeah, I just, yeah, this thing's just, he knows how to manage a championship and he knows how to ride Coolum. Yeah, so. we, we talked about this earlier. It was like, dude, what size are your feet? <laughs> 12 and a half. Far out. <laughs> I wear a size 47 city, the largest one they make. Yeah, like he just put his foot up to like stretch his leg, Donnell, and this thing is like a pterodactyl wing. Like it's just <laughs> in my living room. It's massive. Anyway, um, it's going to okay. take... It's, <laughs> cool story, bro. I just had to, like, what, what is that? Um, at this point, we talked about this earlier. For Ferris, it's got to go really wrong. You yeah. know, it, even if Jed went 1-1, he's still just got to ride four, around four, in 4-3. Like it's it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 very. It's, if I was a betting man, I'd, it's pretty good odds. But you never know. What do you mean? Um, <laughs> or, or is that anyway. advice you don't partake in? Um, no, I'm no, I'm not good at gambling. <laughs> I like think a lot of gambling addicts are. <laughs> yeah, I'm a poor decision maker, so that's not, that doesn't go hand in hand with gambling. Um, I think that uh, this Darnell after dark thing's definitely got like uh, some merit to it. Yeah, you can break down some real good stories. Yeah, like I reckon. Can we just do this? Can we make it a thing? Like definitely, we uh, audition it. We audition it after Coolum, after the after party. No, no. See, this is the thing. (laughs) I like being employed. (laughs) I'm making a lot of career limiting moves. Yes. Um, um, Are you staying up Sunday night? Are you going home? (laughs) (laughs) Well, <laughs> 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 oh, hey, you, you left, um, you know, this time last year we were doing this show from my house and you were here and, and now all yeah. of a sudden you're this big corporate guy that has to fly home for Monday morning. Yeah. Um, hey, I was, you know, got to work so we can generate some money so <laughs> we can Pay go racing. Crawford's bonuses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nathan went 1-1 yesterday. I have to go to work. The phone's ringing <laughs> like, exactly bro, it. we need you back in the office. Like, <laughs> We need to sell 5,000 more sets of A-Stars gear ASAP. Yeah. Nah. So good day for Nathan yesterday. It probably um, would be a global, sorry, like a global, like, you know, Jet just won. He's been winning every race. Like Alps' bonus structure. I wonder if he gets bonuses. Maybe he just gets a complete deal. Who knows? I think they're good for Who's it. Who's that, Jet? Yeah. Yeah, no, you, I, I think they're good for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I think we're fine. I think global um, ASOS is probably good for it. Yeah, yeah, no. So that's yeah. If you want to blame anyone for me having to come home, blame, let's let's blame Nathan Crawford. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no. So it should be a good week. I mean, he's Nathan's got to do. He's got to win, and 
if the if the chips fall in line, that's it, you know maybe it gets it done. But Wilson's in Wilson's a, a proven championship guy. You know he's got three titles for a reason. He knows how to manage it. Twenty seven points, and you know you just got to see what happens. It makes you wonder back to you know if that bike didn't stop at Wodonga, would we have a very different championship on our hands? I think so. So probably that. And if um, if Nathan didn't use. Um Wilbur's two fifty as a mum at one thaggy. No, we're not talking about one thaggy. Yeah, I said Wodonga. Wodonga. <laughs> Different W. But yeah, it, and it's yeah. always interesting that you get to this part of the year. We'll, we'll finish on this. It's been two hours now. I just saw the time tick over. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, shout out to anyone that's still listening at two hours. Like that's that's pretty impressive. Same was up at five a.m. I reckon most people just go. It's, all right, next up on the phone is Darnell, and they just turn, they just throw the phone out. <laughs> oh, sick! Podcast is over. Now, I know, like, it's, obviously, we listen to Pulp and everybody, yeah. you know, five hours or whatever they are. Sometimes, yeah. like, it takes me a week to get through a whole episode. Yeah, um, I struggled to get through your post race interviews today, and that was eleven minutes. So. <laughs> we just—I had a joke about this before. <laughs> yeah, I was talking before, right, Darnell? I'm like, you know, talking about, and I'm like, I know you guys skip over the post-race interviews. I'm like, I know everyone listens to this show, but you, there's good stuff in the post-race interviews. And then Tane yeah. basically I said, did, "It took me a while to work out that you were talking to Noel Ferguson because you didn't introduce it at the start. You just like, yeah, no, I forgot it. Front of a party truck, I'm like, I'm sick. Who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, I know. I um, when I listened back to it, I was like, oh, it's too late now. Um, I used, yeah. I used to have a producer to, to fix this stuff for me, but then he went and sold out and went to work for Alpine Stars. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it's working out pretty well for me as I fly home. <laughs> yeah. As I eat my tacos. <laughs> with my sausage. Yeah, now I'm going to have to eat cold tacos because I've talked to you idiots for too long. <laughs> oh, did I actually time it that you were eating them? Huh? Yeah, dude. I've got, I've got one like half eaten on the plate in front of me. Dude, I spoke to you like three hours ago. How did it take you that long to cook them and consume them? Uh-huh. Well, because I had to do shit, like, you know, stuff when I got home. <laughs> okay. To, like, feed the dog. And <laughs> feed the clean even up dog your shit. dog. <laughs> it took three hours to feed <laughs> yeah, the dog. I know, it's not even my dog. It's the worst part. <laughs> Walk inside and I'm like, oh, yeah, sweet. That's a nugget on my kitchen floor. <laughs> hey, can I tell you a funny story about my, seeing as we're just kind of wide open now at the end of the show. Um, <laughs> so, Dunge, my pug, nearly died last night. Oh, really? Yeah, he choked on his di- oh. on his dinner bowl. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I love Dunge. Dude, no, it was that dog has struggled <laughs> the entire time I've known him. He's <laughs> just existing. He always puts him to death. Yeah, he. Um, I, I got over to him. He was making some weird noises. He was he was laid out on the floor. Couldn't stand up. Couldn't breathe. <laughs> That's how he is all the time. <laughs> Every time I come over, he looks like that. But it was worse. Anyway, I tried giving I'm sure him. Pretty sure he's all like that. I tried giving him the Heimlich, right? Because I'm my instincts. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I picked him up, and I'm like pulling on his ribs, and it's not doing anything. So anyway, long story short, I had to put my hand down his throat and pull out all the food that he had breathed in. <laughs> And uh, and he came too, and eventually stood up and and was fine. But yeah, dogs, man. Tell yeah. you what. <laughs> oh man, I came home a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, why is the fridge wide open? Seamus had managed to no- nose his way into the fridge, get the door open, eat six slices of pizza. <laughs> That's a solid effort. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to kill this dog and its owner. Yeah. If Jed doesn't have a mechanic at the last round, because I've murdered him on Friday because I've had to look after his dog all week. <laughs> oh, man. I like it. This is what's so cool about the show in a way. We need to we need to make it a bit more lighthearted, I guess. Like, yeah. 
So I want you to bring the uh, Inside yeah. Dirt show back so we can just talk more shit than actually just talk about racing. But um, it's like you're talking about Jed Beaton's mechanic and it's factory and it's all, and then it's like his dogs like fucking break into the <laughs> fridge and eating pizza and it's just real life, you know? <laughs> it is real life. I mean, he's a good dog, but he's, uh, he's, yeah, he's all right. Sausage dogs are good. My missus got two of them. Yeah. Look, I'm glad I didn't have to buy him. Like, I, I love him like he's my own, but I'm glad I don't have to pay the <laughs> so best bills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm in the same position. Yeah. Oh. I didn't realize when I moved in here, it was like, all right, rent this much, and uh, you got to look after the dog. <laughs> yeah, you inherit a sausage dog. Yeah, I mean, it's good inherit. It's better than inheriting, like, a kid or something, you know. <laughs> I can be trusted with a dog. Don't ever <laughs> let me look after a child. Oh, give it time, man. Give it time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't look after myself. I am a big child. You are. So. Yeah. You, you have progressed, though, because I felt like for a while I was looking after you, um, especially when yeah. we Hey, I to- went to a brewery in Ipswich on the weekend while I was staying up there for Q&P, and I didn't have a beer. Yeah, right. Are you feeling all right? Uh, no, no. I made up for it at the airport on the way home. Inhaled two pints. <laughs> Just preparing you for the cold. Yeah, yeah. So how nice was the weather here Sunday today, Zane? How, how good was the weather here today? It was too hot. I was out laying concrete. Mm. It was way too hot. How's this guy doing now? I mean, I'm trying to rub in the heat, but it, on another note, yeah, I texted him. Laying two slabs in the sun. I texted yeah, him no this thanks. morning at like whatever time it was. What time was it? Like, you know, 8 30 or something. You know, like I'd, you know, I'd been when out. When Joe woke up at midday. <laughs> Dude, no. I I had put out two podcasts this morning and, and worked out before 8 a.m. I'll have you know. Yeah, right. I'm getting old. I'm going to get to that age now where you don't sleep. You wouldn't know. You guys are young. But <laughs> it changes when you get to your like middle 30s. I don't know. All of a sudden, I just can't sleep in anymore. I think having kids does that to you too. Where yeah, you just like Your nervous system I is I can't sleep fried. in either. It's cool having a job. You reckon that? You reckon it's <laughs> Imagine if you had to work for a living, Joe. Oh. <laughs> You'd explode. <laughs> I actually sent him a text this morning of me editing the podcast from yesterday at like 7.15 or whatever. And I'm like, see, like, I feel like I have to adjust myself to him. I'm like, I do work. Like, you, you don't see? even pay my bills, Darnell. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, you know, I'm up working at 7. I'm like, yeah, and you're knocking off at 7.05. <laughs> oh, th- man, I don't know. Like, this guy he used to work for me. Like, you think I used to magic the money to pay you every week? Uh, no, because I did all the work to bring in all the money. <laughs> Yeah, it's never been the same since. You can't lie to me. I <laughs> yeah. ran your business while you ran away to Queensland. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you did for a while there. But uh, then you sold out, man. Anyway. Yeah, all right, guys, I think we need to wrap this one up. But, um, <laughs> I think it's time to call it. <laughs> it's time to call it. This has been the AMX Superstores Primex Review Show from uh, QMP Round 7. Uh, again, massive shout out to AMX Superstores. Another one of Darnell's previous employers. I'm seeing this as a, as a pattern here. Mm. Anyway, hey, uh, <laughs> I had nine good years there, you know. You did, so yeah. Um, I still can't believe it. I was talking to uh, Shane from AMX on the weekend, and I, I think he said thirty-one stores or something, Dude, uh, which is just crazy. Every time crazy I do my, every time we do the sponsor reads, like I remember earlier in the year, I was like twenty stores nationwide. Now it's thirty. It's like it's insane it's, how quickly it's growing. It still blows me away. When I started there, it was. We just opened the third store when I started. So we had three, and now there's 30. Dude, just- like, I talked to Shane. I mean, as you know, I'm sort of like, oh, you know, what what, you know, you know, know, have you been up to? And he's like, I just basically go to open each new store, and it's like every month I go somewhere else. Hmm. Like, yeah, just 
So yeah, AMX like Superstores, wildfire. AMX Superstores, uh, as they are the sponsor of this show, 30 locations nationwide. Um, despite Dino working for them for nine years, they have grown. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you can pretty much catch them in anywhere, East Coast, West Coast, South Australia, they're everywhere now. So check out AMX Superstores for all your dirt bike needs. You've heard the sponsor at the beginning, but I'll do it again. And um, mm. Donnell, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, man. Enjoy your tacos and your wiener dog. Um, thank you. Thank you. Zane, awesome, awesome ride, man. 11th career best. But yeah, sorry. Yeah. I didn't even get to say that to you, Zane. <laughs> best finish ever. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I know. I was stoked. I got 13th in the first moto, and that was equaled my best finish last year, which was 13th at Coolum last year. And then I finished 11th. Like, I didn't even know I got 11th because there's no reception out there. But the guy in front of me, <laughs> yeah. his old man ran up to him with P10 on the board. Yeah. And Corey like, Watts. Yeah, yeah Corey, Corey Watts. He's gone, from, he's gone from flying off the, the down ramp of Supercross <laughs> to a top 10 at Pro-Man. I know. That is, that is what the people want. Moved to Queensland. He dropped a, he like dropped a bit of weight and Corey looks good and P10. So well, big weekend for the privateers. Was, was it you and me talking to him after the race, Donnell? Was it you? Yeah. And, and you, yeah. you know... Number one, he's still got that same chest protector with the duct tape numbers on the back. Like he used to have a photo of his mate naked on the front of it. He did. It was it's Hancock's <laughs> son. You know, you know Mark Hancock, the official. It was Hancock's son, dude. <laughs> he was butt naked on his chest plate. Um, but yeah, like what's he? You know, we're like, man. I was like, man, you're looking good. You know, like you've lost some weight. And he's like, well, I live up here now. Like it actually motivates you to want to do something because the sun's out. You know. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Brisbane versus Horsham. I don't. I think it's hard to find. Talk about going more. to the big smoke. Like that is a big. Like, if anyone was going to move to Brizzy, I wouldn't have thought it would be Watsy. No, but hey, look, paid dividends. So you know, and he's only been there a short amount of time, and won around in Queensland. And he's pulled out a tent. So it's awesome. Let's, uh, let's let's see. And Joel Evans pulling a whole shot. Zach Watson. Mixing it up there at the pointy end all weekend, like massive weekend for the privateers. It was. You need to talk to your guy Gibbsy about um, the hate crime on privateers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm look, joking. I love I love Gibbsy here. There's, there's a racing incident, but yeah, he honestly hit you. And Gibbsy would be the most apologetic person, I think, after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm jo- I'm joking, of course, to clarify, but yeah. Um, I do. I do have a. I've got it. The the green the green strip tear off thing. You know, great for the riders. It looks horrible in photos. It looks like a garbage bag flapping off the side of their helmet. Just make posty work harder. Wait, what? Mm. You know the green strip that they run, the pro group green strip tear off thing. No, I must have missed that. I don't know. Tear off and it stays on. Oh, is that what's flapping off the side of his helmet? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, it's only taking you seven rounds to work it out. Oh, I have Same a lot going that. on on race day, man. I'm trying to commentate and, you know. And doing your auctions. Yeah, I had. To, I, did you hear that, Zane? I had to run the, the auction for the, the MX of Nation fundraiser at lunchtime. Yeah, were you like, were you like, auction. And it got one, going twice, going twice. I did it, I did it once. Like, <laughs> because, look, I'll be real. A lot look, of, it would have been the easiest auction ever. It would have been like, and sold, Sam <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you Reeve, Sam Moore. Now, a few members of the public got into it in the end. And and then yeah. the um the the Jorge Prado jersey ended up going for like five hundred fifty bucks. Oh wow! So it won. <laughs> yeah. oh, I would have thought it would have went for way more. I yeah. would have. I wish I was there. Oh, dude! At one point, I was like, "We've got an open bid on this Ken Roxon Championship jersey, like open bid." And some guys like 
30 bucks. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, not today, my man. <laughs> like, like nice try. Like auctioneer, I was just like, no, sir. <laughs> That's cheaper than retail. Yeah. Um, he's like, well, you said anything. I was like, come back with a sensible bid. Like, but um, yeah, at one point. 45. The, the, the Prado jersey, some guy's like, 400 and then he's like 455 and i was like we got 500 we got five five we got 550 i was like yeah i'm doing it (laughs) (laughs) um and then that was it but i got a i got a taste of it you know yeah Uh, yeah all right we need to end this standing at the front of chemist making people sit (laughs) wow that was just mean okay Okay. Well, well, all right. You enjoy the cold for the next five days. I think it's time to end this podcast. Uh, And um, three days. I'm not counting or anything. Yeah. Right. You flying out Friday morning? Oh yeah. Um, Cool and baby. (laughs) What time do you land? Uh, like midday. Uh, Okay. I'll probably have gone through already. I was going to say if you need a ride, I can pick you up. No, no. I got a whip. Um, We got a few. We got a crew of us coming up. You know, got a few of the Victorian boys coming up for a watch. So. Yeah, nice. egg on our boy Jimmy Allen. You know, the yeah. Gas Club crew is coming, so we're, uh, we're rolling in thick and fast. All right. Well, all right, guys. AMX Supersource Primax review show. QMP round seven. That's a wrap. We're going to Coolum. Zane's going to get another career best. That's it. I love Sand. Donnell's going to have a career best uh, after party performance. Um, well, I don't know. It's hard to back up. <laughs> what year What year is your career best? What What year at Coolum? Oh, dude. Oh, at Coolum? Or- yeah. <sighs> Takes me back. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was, uh, 2017 was pretty good. I rolled straight into the hotel room to <laughs> race flutes going, oh, good, you're up. We're going to the airport. I went, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you've done that to me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Brizzy, Brizzy Supercross. I've yeah, done, Brizzy Supercross, yeah. I've done that when I was a film guy to your eve too, so yeah. we've all been there. I, I'm too old, I'm not. <laughs> a long time ago, but not in this life. But All right, guys, appreciate everyone listening. Much love. We'll see you at Coolum. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Amex Superstores, Brett Metcalf, um, retailer Zane Darnell, uh, and myself, Joe Stevens. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys at Coolum.